0: Krakoa-era X-Men have coined this term mutant circuit. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's mm-hmm. just like a blending of two mutant powers. Two or more mutant, yeah. Right, yeah, multiple. Is there a mutant circuit that you want to see that we haven't or haven't mm-hmm. seen in a long time?
1: Oh, my goodness. The answers are clearly Yes but being (laughs) on this like this. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: And mm -hmm. and for what it's worth, I've only thought I haven't, I've only thought of one thing in the the, like lead up to this.
1: You go first and then I'll see if I can come up with something.
0: Okay. Uh, You can't use Cyclops because it's, it's a concussive blast. So someone like Dazzler using someone like bling or Emma's diamond form Mm -hmm. to just refract and get crazy with their like shot <laughs> mm-hmm. using yeah. that. However, that would need to be used. Like if there is some sort of like spread limit or projection limit that Allison has, that Dazzler has, that has never been explored. <laughs> um,
1: they, did, <laughs> they did that with, uh, in the mutant massacre with uh, not intentionally, but using prism the Marauder and just shooting blasts through him and then having it refract everywhere. Boom. See, so, and so that's why, <laughs> that's why it's like
0: that you, or that you haven't seen for a long time mm-hmm. because Mean Masker was quite the time ago. Yeah. Uh, so, so like the, the other, the, the other the, references, the Gambit
1: like, uh, rock slide thing that you were thinking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's what prompted this entire conversation was us talking <laughs> about that last week.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. In lieu of that, there's one sort of like, I don't know. I was thinking at one point about like different teams and how they work together, which is similar. It's not exactly like power circuit type thing. But mm-hmm. like, I'm always trying to think about, about characters who are not very well served by by storylines uh, due to their powers not being like appropriately offensive. Like Doug, okay. like Angel. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that the the biggest missed opportunity for Angel is that he is the perfect scout. And that's not like a cool, oh, like right. you know, it's not like a you, you don't look cool being a scout. Yeah. You know, but he is basically nature's perfect flying machine. Like mm-hmm. maneuverability, speed, just like full physiological adaptations for flight, uh, including eyesight.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, huh. Okay.
1: The other thing that I don't think is very well taken advantage of is telepathy as a way to share experience, like sensory input. Like imagine if you had. So, okay. If you we're used to it enough just like being able to simultaneously see through your eyes and somebody else's eyes could give like you you could as you could see around corners you could like fire mm. blindly knowing what what's there you know mm. you can kind of have like perfect so that would we've be got, cool okay we've got the we've got the original 5 yeah and say there's like a a a wave of enemies just like barreling at them right they're trying to protect a point so you've got angel up above scouting and mm-hmm. giving the birds eye view in spectacular detail and all of the rest of them can see it you've got jean gray working as the psychic switchboard for everybody everybody can see the the sort of like real time strategy game version mm-hmm. of, of the battlefield You've got uh, Scott's tactics. Well, yeah. So you've got Iceman who is basically turning this into a tower defense game. He's putting up walls and like, (laughs) you know,
0: (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: And, And you've got Beast who's calculating all of the angles and all, you know, like the specific geometry while also doing, you know, like a hand to hand defense for everybody who gets past the line. And then you've got Scott just shooting the exact precise blast to angle off of everything, uh, all of the um, ice walls in the exact way to just clear everybody in one fucking blast.
0: Oh my gosh, that would be super cool. Yeah. Oh, love that. Love that. (laughs) Dude, the amount, no, that, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. Just the level of cheat you can have by having a telepath on the team. Right. Is not
1: and telepath not used telepath enough. plus scouting, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and you think of like military tactics, like scouting is it like you it's need huge. It's you the need whole forward scouts. Why we have drones. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, one of the reasons why we have drones.
0: Oh man. And it's yeah, that, like, scouting that's the and first intelligence. Unlock you get in Call of Duty is you get the UAV to give <laughs> the, the markers on the mini map where the enemy. Oh. Oh, that's that's
2: genius!
1: (laughs) Well done, and it's so cool that it's the original five, right? And like, you could absolutely see that like they've been working together longer than anybody. Like, they would have to have the best mutant circuit.
0: Naturally, they should be doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well done. I like it. I'm I'm absolutely here for it. Geez, what else? What else? What else? What else? Because there's like, I feel like there's gotta be, there's gotta be people. Like I'm trying to think of another use. The way that they did Jumbo Carnation and Multiple Man, mm. and just giving and and then telepathically giving each idea to a different dupe to go and create so fun. the freaking outfit. It's so cool. <laughs> like, is there? Is there another just like really, in- again, someone whose either personal profession or mutant power is not combat mm-hmm. usable, which both of like <laughs> being able to make copies of yourself when you get hit isn't exactly <laughs> combat <laughs> appropriate <laughs> and, and having four arms and Teflon skin is also not exactly entirely do some useful.
2: things but yeah yeah
0: <laughs> oh
2: you know i wonder
0: <sighs> could does colossus's skin conduct electricity oh yeah so like could you just make him a giant electromagnet
1: oh yeah yeah you absolutely can with like surge yeah that'd or be storm or storm. they've definitely they've definitely done you know like
0: use them as shooting. a lightning
1: rod <laughs> yeah use him as a lightning rod <laughs> yeah yeah so I
0: feel like that would be interesting or like a way to counter a magneto attack mm-hmm. is you come up with whatever reverse polarity of his magnetism or some
1: stupid random thing like that. Speaking um, of magneto fuck this is gonna be an episode. I don't mean to. Well, I don't mean to. Sh- I don't mean to shut off our our conversation here because. But that hard. happened in Red, I assume,
0: because I haven't read. Yeah, an insane Magneto thing. So I assume that happened in X Men Red, which mm-hmm. we're doing next week. So yeah, <laughs> that's true.
1: But we see, we see, we see, we see the, the cliff notes of it. We see yeah. the cliff notes. Yeah. Of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Who else? What else? I guess. I mean, I feel like we've sprinkled enough,
1: but. I'm going to keep coming up with, especially for the classic teams who have the most field time together. Like, like, okay. I'm imagining Scott being like, all right, we need to mobilize all of Krakoa, And we, I want to put an emphasis on having like the biggest jobs and the hardest targets with teams who have the most experience together. So the original five sticks together. Cause that's just fucking tight. And then you do like you can put Wolverine anywhere because <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's been on every team. But I like him, you know, with Colossus and Kitty and Nightcrawler and Storm. Like that's just such a classic team.
0: Yeah. It's funny cuz like your approach is kind of the opposite of my approach of yeah. like who are two mutants who
1: haven't hung out? I together? know. I know. And how do we blend them? And and I'm and like I love and I'm like, what's what's the perfect tactic that well, realistically, it makes more sense. <laughs> well, that these classic teams, like I want to see these awesome teams work yeah. together the way they do. But like, what is what what is the the tactical advantage that this that this unit who we're familiar with like would develop together?
0: So, a blend that I'm surprised hasn't happened even with X Club is Mass and Jeffries and Forge. Right, like again, with the telepathic link, mm-hmm. you just forge comes up with the plant with an idea, yeah. and bass Jeffries makes it instantly. It cuts yeah. down production time
1: infinitely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, you add you add Quentin choir to this, so <laughs> before Quentin Choir was just, you know, pink psychic shotgun guy, his whole thing was you know, like I come up with a, a million brilliant thoughts a minute. Right. Right. Yeah. So he, he is the ideator forge is the engineer and Madison Jeffries is the builder basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you give a Quentin or even a Scott of cause, yeah. cause Forge's mutant power for whatever stupid reason is anything he can think of. Yeah. He can create. Right. Right. So, or he can engineer. So you get someone who is a thinker, yep, <laughs> or a strategizer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Give them, you give them a choir, you give them a cyclops, and just like mm-hmm. here's a here's a random doomsday scenario because yeah. cyclops has his whole like files, his list of files, <laughs> <laughs> and and you just say forge solve this solve for x. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, here's in here's the idea in my head, and Jeffrey's yeah. like, oh, cool, <laughs> like. Yeah
2: ah, just <laughs> do that.
0: And, and But then you have to also psychically turn off the emotional connection that messenger Jeffries has to every single computer that he creates. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a problem. <laughs> but then also Forge and someone like Warlock, like mm-hmm. Forge's understanding of, and, and even, God, even Cable and Warlock, like...
2: Techno-organic buds. Yeah, yeah,
0: and all that stuff. Just, I feel like there's a semi-missed opportunity, but also you don't want to make... I feel like that might also reduce the wonder of Warlock <laughs> if you pair him up with someone who can control his every atom. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> so maybe not. Maybe not Cable of Warlock, but...
1: I have yeah. a feeling we'll yeah. see something between them before Krakoa era is up. I feel they, like ha- there has to be. They've if- gone too deep on both the, you know, the integration of Warlock and the justification of Cable's T.O. balancing out as T.K. Which is <laughs> absolutely insane. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. But yeah, I, uh,
0: with with... With Krakoa being part technarchy, well, God, can you imagine if if one of the storylines involves the
1: technarchy coming back? Yes. Well, Magus is dead, as it turns out. Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) like,
0: if they become like this wandering race, the way that the scrolls have been,
1: um, there traditionally isn't like technarchy is not. It's just a couple. like it's it's not a full race, oh it, yeah. In my head, they are a race on a planet. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's okay. just Magus, like kind of floating through space as sort of a uh, a beacon for phalanx infections, and then he creates spawn like warlock and shoots mm. them down, and blah 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 blah.
0: So then, does Warlock become the new Magus and want to make a, make a new technarchy and take Kirkoa with him into space? And that's the fall of
1: X. I mean, that first part was kind of kind of part of the plot of what was it, Annihilation Conquest, or the fallout from Annihilation mm-hmm. Conquest? Well,
0: na- yeah, Annihilation Conquest was the phalanx teaming
1: up with Ultron mm-hmm. to, but. Warlock and Probably. Magus were part of that. And I think, and, yeah. and also the, the young like Toro or Taro or something like the, there was yeah. another young technarchy who is mixed up with that. Right. And so I think part of the fallout was Magus died and <laughs> again, okay. and they're like, okay, <laughs> Warlock, you're, you know, the head of the technarchy now. And then they didn't follow up with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I do know because I spent too much time on the internet that we're finally going to get involvement I don't know about payoff but involvement with the brood pretty soon
1: that's um, dope du- that's dope i yeah i was kind of expecting to see some brood in the in in judgment day here mm. Mm. dude i you know as just they're mobilizing <laughs> all of their assets
0: even knowing the co- the term judgment day i had no idea that this is where it was going to go. I thought it was just going to be Eternals, X Men, and Avengers are just going to be like, don't fight, guys. And totally, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, can't I mean not wait to talk about this. <laughs> we, yeah, maybe we should start the pod. But I told totally you, yeah. What are we doing here, like, man? What okay. is this? Well, <laughs> put I your intro music I, I'm, here. I'm, I'm certain I'm going to. Dump, 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 <laughs> I'm certain I'm going to forget this point <laughs> that I'm in the middle of making, but I should intro the pod. Superpower. My name is Stormin. Best buddy, and We talk about comic books. This week, we are talking about oh, such a glorious crossover! A I'm, dude, X-E. I'm so excited.
0: Judgment Day. I'm so excited that you are reading a crossover event with me. Yes, it's so much fun. This all is, they had to do our was our tie third in the X-Men. crossover event. Yeah, you know, this is this. I mean, it's like the fifth event, but as far as like the annual crossover. This is this is the third one we quote unquote have covered. Yeah. You did
1: Empire Without Me. uh, You did King in Black Without Me, etc. Yeah, yeah. And 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 and
0: and now now we're reading this together.
1: And so yeah, so it's called A X E Judgment Day, A standing for Avengers, X standing for X-Men, E standing for Eternals. And you think, okay, like Judgment Day is just kind of a cute little like suffix right like it's the 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 meat of this is (laughs) avengers x-men eternal you think it's like like avx avengers versus x-men you're like okay this this is a story about this big war between these two like uh groups of characters that i am you know very invested in but no this is a story about judgment day and axe is just to tell you who the players are (laughs) basically (laughs) i'm Um, stoked i'm here for it. it This ended up being so much about so much more. Yeah.
0: As as the crossover should be. Like I feel like there hasn't been a an 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 ethical type question or um, situation presented in Marvel Comics since like Civil War II. Yeah. And that was like eight crossovers ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I am excited. Okay. Let's let's uh let's talk about judgment day. Let's talk about judgment, Eggsy, day. judgment day. I wonder if I should make this one of my giveaways. This is a great
1: book. It was a fantastic book. I was I was I was really stoked. You know, Demetrios, my uh, friend of the pod, past guest and uh, owner of my local comic shop, anyone comics in Brooklyn, New York, and also everyone comics in Queens, New York. He was saying this was one of his favorite crossovers of all time, and he doesn't like anything. So, (laughs) I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's really well done. Uh, Shout out to Kieran Gillen.
1: Like, dude, Kieran Gillen wrote his ass off here. Yeah. I mean, not only did he do, you know, a a great job with judgment day. He, he wrote all of the tie-ins pretty like or all of like, he wrote the 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 three issues that are in this main trade: AXE Eternals, AXE X Men, AXE Avengers. Right, wrote those. Wrote the the side series AXE Death to the Mutants. Was the regular writer of Eternals, the Eternal series that led up to this. Continues to be the regular writer Mortal on X-Men. Immortal <laughs> yeah. X Men, which led up to this and continues through it. Just in. <laughs> staggering amount of output it's a powerhouse yeah uh, and, and it's it, all uh, fantastic
0: and it, it's such he the way he writes is just so entertaining to me oh yeah. like he addresses things that were tangentially related and now makes it a main thing adds to adds to characters histories and stories in ways that make
1: sense. And, and just, has a fantastic oh, voice. You know, mm-hmm. like whenever you get to read Kieran Gillen write Sinister or the, the Machine Who is Earth or Star Fox, now is a new Kieran mm-hmm. Gillen, you know, aka okay, Eros. We'll get to that. But yeah.
2: God, so
0: much fun. Okay. So, so, so. Oh, man, I've, I've never done a crossover with someone. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so so we've got a, we've got what's, what's, a couple... What's Judgment Day?
1: I, I've, I've got... Okay, I've got it. Uh, sure. I'm going to do... do I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about Eve of Judgment, like the free comic book day material first, just because that kind of yeah. sets the stage. And, and kind of like, how did we get here? Right? So mm-hmm. the Eternals have been going through their thing. Thanos was prime Eternal, and... Druig killed him and that got Druig into the seat of prime eternal and prime eternal basically has political control over like 80% of eternal society. There's 101 of them. What else? Avengers. You want to tell us about the Avengers status quo that kind of led us to this?
0: Really? The only thing primarily is that the Avengers um, uh, Jason Aaron's run of Avengers has them l- living ba- based out of a giant dead celestial. The same yeah. way that, that the Guardians and such live in a celestial head, or they don't, <laughs> but that right. there's the celestial head out called Nowhere at the edge of space. The Avengers have copied that MO but wanted to do it bigger, and so they have the entire celestial body um, and the head, which was originally piloted by Robbie Reyes in the first volume of Jason Aaron's adventures. And then as, because they used, they did that to fight another celestial because it was, I forget what the name of the, the reckoning or whatever to Mm -hmm. come and judge uh, America, judge earth. And they're like, no, get away. And they're like, fine. And then we have this like dead celestial with a giant walking stick mace thing. And the Avengers are based out of that. And That has been their thing while dealing with the multiversal stuff and Mm -hmm. all the other organized teams of the world.
1: And the big thing for the X-Men coming into this is that during the Krakoa era, they have built, you know, an ethnostate, a separate country that, you know, engages with the rest of the world diplomatically, but they've done some incredible things, including conquering death. They have the ability to resurrect uh, themselves using mutant powers. And specifically, the specific mutant powers of five mutants working together, and this has become public knowledge. Also, they have colonized Mars. And yeah, they still formed it with,
0: Mars a year ago.
1: Yeah, and they filled it with a bunch of sort of like refugee mutants from and the distant past slash an alternate dimension. Don't worry about it. it it's it's not super important to this podcast. So yeah, the the free comic book material day material is basically like Avengers and and Eternals flying around and basically being like, hey, just so you remember, X uh, like mutants are basically deviants. Like it, it, the mutant X gene comes from deviants. Deviants are our enemy. Blah 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 blah. And Eve of Judgment basically just kind of recaps the things that we already said. the 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 important parts: a group of Eternals has kidnapped Sinister. Although maybe he wanted to be kidnapped? Question mark. There's a lot of things like because he's been screwing around with Moira's powers and being like, oh, I have to do go through these tests in order to like f- maybe finally survive Judgment Day. I have a feeling that might be part of this. Like he really put himself in this situation, and the machine who, the machine who is Earth, considers Krakoa basically part of the machine. Or like attached to it as a fellow sentient landmass, and says Krakoa is a nice guy.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So because basically, Druig is like, when you get rid of the mutants because they have they have expressed in my by my definition excess deviation. Yeah. And for frame of reference, and we've talked about this when I was covering Kieran Gillen's Eternals mm-hmm. run. When the Eternals are close to a Deviant who has devolved into Excess Deviation, where they basically basically go crazy and become a monster.
2: Yeah. danger
0: to self and others. A switch in, like, something gets flipped in the Eternals' heads. They go into, like, auto-cop mode and can't control themselves and immediately go to destroy the Excess Deviation as thoroughly as possible.
1: And this is kind so, of one of the biggest differences between the Eternals of the comics and the Eternals of the movies is that like the Eternals yeah. of the comics are base are more machine than anything else. I guess they kind of are in the movie, but they don't they don't have full control over themselves. They are like and they're also of Earth and belong to Earth. They're not fucking aliens. <laughs> they they are a
0: hundred humans who got turned into
1: eternals and 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 it's, it's very important that they are of earth they are the planetary defense system like created by celestials that belongs to earth they are revived by the machine that is earth itself they are part of the earth anyway which
0: people will have questions about well does that mean Thanos is from earth? And it's like, no, he's from, he was born on Titan. He is born of eternals. And we talk about that at any yeah. other time other than now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so ex So Druid considers mutants who have conquered death and terraformed Mars as excess deviation because mutants are evolved from deviance, but they are this not is. the literal definition of excess deviation because they've hung out with Eternals and they have not lost their yeah. minds and automatically attacked them.
1: Yeah, this is a cynical interpretation by Druig, basically, because he he knows that he's Druig, essentially that he's a mm-hmm. slimy motherfucker, and all of the other Eternals hate him, and so he basically he's like, I need an enemy that can unite us behind, uh, you know under my rule and he turns to the mutants so and he yeah he
0: goes to Domo who is kind of just like the eternal forge mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who just makes weapons because he can like that's kind of his thing and he's like hey is there something do you have something in your armory that can destroy all mutants and Domo's like of course I do here's this antimatter bomb and so the plan is to send the bomb through the machine to Kirkoa and just Atomize the island completely. Yeah. And immediately deal with the mutants. And in and after the fallout from that, they could take their time to deal with the Mars, the Araco mutants. Right. So they send the bomb and they arm the bomb. And then the second they do, Domo and Druig immediately start having like a brain aneurysm and bleeding out of their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, because that becomes uh, attacking the machine because uh, the machine that is Earth considers Krakoa part of Earth to a degree or whatever. And so they're like, Crap, take they're the bomb away, get the, nice bomb away get the bomb away, get the bomb away. Yeah, because it, it basically that goes against their primary function, their prime directive, yeah. Yeah. Um, as uh, RoboCop might say. And so, <laughs> so they get rid of the bomb immediately and they feel better and they're like, well, okay, so that doesn't work. Uh, so we need to take them out Without destroying Krakoa, then, yeah. and so enter AXE, where the Eternals straight up attack Krakoa and kill as many mutants as possible.
1: Yeah, so let's let's. I want to start with the plot recap of of issue one, and then I want to go through like the main characters, and we can kind of discuss who they are, sure. and that'll kind of help us. So yeah, Cersei and the characters from the move from the Eternals movie, basically. <laughs> Makari, Fest, uh, Festos, uh, Icarus, Thena, Ajax.
0: Makari being a, a mute woman now,
1: and and um, uh, yeah,
0: Neil Gaiman's run it was a it was a white guy.
1: That's <laughs> fine. And Sprite, sorry, they basically all team up with the Avengers plus a cap, uh, plus the plus Mister Sinister who they captured to go to Avengers Mountain and revive. It, again, Avengers Mountain is a dead celestial, revive it, turn it into a new god who can undermine sort of the spiritual legitimacy of Druig's war. The war is immediately bloody, as you said. Druig unleashes the Eternal Grandfather, the Grandfather of the Eternals, essentially, Uranos, unleashes him for one hour, after which he's immediately teleported back to prison, unleashes him on Mars, the terraformed planet of Mars now renamed Araco. And that's enough to kill basically ninety eight percent of the population there. Jack of Knives, another new Eternal's character in Gillen's run, nearly assassinates Hope, but Logan comes in with a save. And then a bunch of giant evil or or not evil, a bunch of giant Eternals who are devastating uh, monsters named the Hex uh, are let loose from Uranus's armory. And go to attack Krakoa. Yeah. Anything else plot-wise before we get into the characters and then sort of like cool things that happened in notes and stuff? No, as far as plot, I that that covers that covers basically the, the cliffhanger
0: on issue one is hey, we have this dead eternal. Let's mm-hmm. make
1: let's yeah. let's make a new one. So I would say the main characters for this whole story from the eternal side. And again, I'm just talking like main main characters. Like, uh, and then I'll I'll list some secondary characters. But these are the characters who kind of make the most decisions and have the most impact, like agency on the story. Mm-hmm. From the Eternal side, it's Ajak and Cersei. Ajak is sort of the High Priestess of the Eternals, and and she's of the old way. Yeah, <laughs> of the old way of the Eternals, yeah. and that's Salma Hayek's character from the yeah, movie,
0: which is. Uh, as far as reference to old way versus new way, anything pre Kieran Gillen is the old way. (laughs) (laughs) And then Neil Gaiman's run shows kind of shows the slight change in guard of like, Hmm, maybe Macri is the new, is the priestess of the new way and basically updating how the eternals worked in the 20th century versus the 21st century. And so the, 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 Actually, the Eternals books in my giveaway on Twitch, for those who want to follow on hey, Twitch, hey. kind of goes over that. And then once you have Kieran Gillen's Eternals, Macri is like officially like the the, the high priestess of the new way for
1: Eternals. Yeah. The next sort of main character from the Eternals standpoint is Cersei. Cersei is a bit different from her movie, Appearance she's much more like (laughs) Cold practical Fashion obsessed Hedonistic a little bit Mm -hmm. She's also the main
0: Like connection Between Eternals and Avengers Mm -hmm. Of the Eternals Cersei has spent the most time with Avengers Technically Eros Who is Eternal descendant (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, Has been an Avenger As well but Cersei has spent the most time
1: Yeah the the next sort of like key Eternals character hasn't been introduced, it isn't in issue one, so I won't I won't go into it yet. The two main characters from the Avengers side are Captain America and Iron Man. Everybody knows who they are. Surprise! We don't, <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to fill anybody in. And they kind of take their their classic roles. You know, uh, Captain America is the the inspirational guy. And Iron Man is the like practical uh, problem solver. And nobody else on the Avengers matters at all to the plot. They're, they're, they're pieces to use for yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's scene fine. They're in. Yeah. yeah. And then the two main characters on the X Men side are Gene Gray and Nightcrawler.
0: I would, I would argue Wolverine as well. Yeah. Wolverine. Wolverine too. Move, moves or, or, or prevents the plot.
1: Yes, uh, throughout this issue. Yeah, but in terms of like, Jean Grey and Nightcrawler both have a really interesting standpoint on these sort of like themes of spirituality and judgment. Jean, with her history as Dark Phoenix, um, destroying a planet—no big deal. <laughs> And her sort of like eternal or, or endless atonement to try it. I have to be careful with using the word eternal because it's not actually eternals. Her endless <laughs> attempts at atonement for yeah. you know the the terrible sin, and then Nightcrawler as uh, the person who has created the mutant religion, so to speak, of the Spark, and
0: as one of the sole survivors of the Sultan Arako.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. We, I, there's also six civilians who were introduced next episode yeah, uh, as main characters and this sort of like uh, you know figure of the They're god
0: like the human perspective
1: yes and, yeah. and I, I love this part of i want to spend a lot of time on them as they come up but they haven't been introduced yet <laughs> and then there's the 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 celestial itself. again, it hasn't been really introduced yet, so we won't get there. Secondary characters on the eternal side. There's Druig, who we kind of talked through, just a slimy, you know, untrustworthy guy forever and ever and ever, who has become leader of the Eternals. Uranos, who I'm not familiar with this character, so I, I might I might need some backstory from you. Sure.
0: He's the he's clearly the more brutal of some of the eternals. Yeah. Uh and basically when this ha- this happened twice again, he killed
1: almost an entire planet's population worth of battle-hardened mutants <laughs> in an hour. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Xurus, actually no, Kronos was the prime eternal, and Uranus is his brother. And when Someone wants to take over as Prime Eternal to lead the Eternals in a different direction. They have a fight, and then mm-hmm. the loser gets either exiled or like exiled into the like prison or exiled off planet. And Uranos, you know, f- hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, fought Kronos for to become Prime Eternal. He lost mm-hmm. and has been locked away in the Exclusion, which is the Eternal Prison, uh, yes. pretty much ever since. Yep. And then after that, Zurus was the prime eternal, and he fought his brother Alars for prime eternal seat and got, and Alars lost, and Alars got sent to Titan, and that's where um, Thanos is born.
1: Yeah. The other sort of key or, or secondary Eternals are. Icarus, who is Richard Madden's character in, or, you know, Rob, Rob, Rob Stark's character in, uh, in the movie. It, he's not a bad guy here. He's just kind of a dumb, dumb. He's like dumb, dumb Superman.
0: Yeah. He's portrayed differently in, in Kieran Gillen's run. Yeah. He's, he's a lot more, mm, he's described as like the arrow, the straight arrow. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, he lives and breathes the eternal code. Yeah and then in the first volume he finds out that uh he finds out the secret behind eternal resurrection mm. and he has a uh an internal struggle of like let's, what am i supposed to do
1: let's get into that here because it comes up a lot throughout the sure. the run what is the secret of eternal resurrection
0: so the ter- secret of eternal resurrection which we technically have covered, so I'll just go real quick, is basically yeah. when an Eternal dies, and they can die, <laughs> when Eternal gets killed, the machine that is Earth resurrects them, but in order to do that, it takes a human life. It kills yeah. a human in order to resurrect an Eternal. And that has been a secret for the last 60 years for us since the Eternals have been introduced mm-hmm. um, and just got explored by Karen Gillen's run. Yeah. And so the... High Priestesses, the High Priestesses of the Eternals and the Prime Eternals know these things. Mm -hmm. And there's a handful of selected, you know, important Eternals that know this, but most of them don't. And so that has become this driving force of like, how am I supposed to protect humans if when I die, I kill them? Yeah. Like, what's the point of being an Eternal if by being an Eternal, I can't? do my eternal job. Sure. <laughs> um, and so, and so that, and so Icarus has become the face of that dialogue and that mm. problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: we've got Festos, the Brian Tyree Henry character in the movie, who is uh, AKA paper boy from Atlanta. And he is uh <laughs> eternal a, engineer. Yeah. He's the <laughs> eternal engineer, basically. And then mockery who is the, the the super speed deaf character in the movie mm-hmm. and uh she is sort of like the second in command of the priestesses behind ajak yeah she's oh. the priestess of the new way we also have um, one of the i would argue one of the the secondary characters is sign the mimitor one of the the six members of the hex who oh. has the heart of a poet and the body of a fire minotaur the, the size of a skyscraper <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, yeah i ended up really liking that character too me
1: too (laughs) but just is able to deliver like so many of the the best lines of the and and kind of like also explores the themes of you know judgment and redemption and purpose and and all of these things so yeah secondary like characters that matter from the avengers none of them (laughs) (laughs) It's really just Capitone. And then from the X-Men side, we've got Hope, the mutant messiah, who is sort of the center of resurrection. Exodus, who is a uber-powerful knight from the 12th century who believes wholeheartedly in mutant spirituality, essentially. Sinister, who is the, well, he's Mr. Sinister, the wacko uh, Victorian dandy genetic genius. Magneto, we all know Magneto. And then other main secondary character is the machine that is Earth, who we have talked about a good deal, but in Kieran Gillen's hands has this fantastic voice.
0: I should also just point, as far as giving detail about the assault on Krakoa, yeah. Eternals, and you see this in the movie if you've watched the movie, but the Eternals can form this thing called a Unimind, where the more... Eternals gather; the stronger the unimind, and it becomes this. Its primary use is to either psychically link a shit ton of Eternals to do something incredible, to make a weapon that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, or. It's also there, like, for lack of a better phrase, on the astral plane, they can meet and have their vote for the Prime Eternal and so on and so forth, regardless of where they are on the planet. You don't have to bring them physically together because they can form the Unamind and meet. So, as we've talked about ad nauseum, there are a lot of psychics and telepaths (laughs) in the mutant nation. And so... The first attack, the first assault, the first wave is a unimind psychic assault on Krakoa.
1: Because telepathy that is takes, OP. You've got to yes. just take that off the table in order and to have it. So,
0: and it just takes every single psychic off the physical fighting board mm-hmm. because they are in the middle of this giant unimind battle. On the astral plane, Or psychically. And so you do a Unimind psychic attack. And then you send your physical wave. Which in this case. Druid sends the hex. Which are these giant. Skyscraper size. Eternals. Um, so dope. That, are, that have no mouths. <laughs> they just are. And they're huge. And they're insane. And they yeah. all are just original design. It's so cool. Y- yes. Um, really cool. Think some of the monster designs from like Pacific Rim. Mm. Um, If you took the mech blockiness of the, of the giant robots from Pacific Rim and put them as armor on the monsters of Pacific Rim, you get the hex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess since I'm on camera, just in case anyone, now that we have like an audience and stuff and this will be on YouTube. Now people can look it up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So Getting into some more notes here, the issue starts with these, so the the machine who is Earth, again, very compelling, Karen Gillen voice, very cheeky. And it's, it's done in these sort of like blue text boxes that have like a different formatting from everything else. And the whole thing is started uh, like narrated essentially by similar text boxes, but in red. And I was like, oh, are they creating a machine who is Mars? Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been cool. With all this stuff with Mm Araco, Are we going to see some Martian Eternals being created here? Oh,
0: that would have been real interesting.
1: But Mm -hmm. no, it's the progenitor. It's still cool, but (laughs) my mind was going places. There's an appearance of the Damocles Foundation. The Damocles Foundation came up in my recent reading on John Francis Moore's run on x-force you remember there's like alysses damocles and odysseus or what it was it was ridiculous and and they Hmm. um they were there was that whole plot with like creating deviant mutant hybrids even though i guess that is just mutant, yeah (laughs) so that was the damocles foundation that was yeah behind all that so we we have druig and jack of knives as representatives of the damocles foundation in los angeles meeting with moira mc i thought it was a cool shout out and that's all issue one that's all issue one and i think that's kind of it for issue one unless you have any yeah. other notes no i think we've explored
0: it to okay. death issue two
1: issue two as the war rages Krakoa is nearly destroyed till tony's team succeeds in creating their new god the progenitor It commands the Eternals to stop their war and then gives the following dictum. I think this is worth reading in full. People of Earth, listen. You were bickering children. The planet is ruined. You You have acted with unrelenting unkindness to one another. You leave me no option. This is your judgment day. You have 24 hours to justify yourselves. You will be judged individually. You will be judged as a collective. If there is more that is just, than wicked, you will live. But if you are found lacking, there will be no tomorrow. And that is and the basically... Capitalist.
0: See? <laughs> See? Yeah. You are all important. <laughs> Every single one of you.
1: And that ends up being basically the foundation for the whole storyline going right. forward.
0: And that's, that's the cliffhanger
1: for issue two.
0: And I'm like, okay, so how are we going to drag out though earth becoming worthy in the next four issues.
1: (laughs) Oh, very easily because Because this (laughs) ends up being such a great, like, and and there's basically like two types of tie in stories and, and maybe half of them are just like, let's see this character and whether how they'll be judged and whether they're worthy or not,
0: which makes it super easy because this is a world affecting thing and not just centered in New York. So
1: you can just throw any character into this, into this plot and have a very easy and compelling. Yeah, Absolutely. Because as we'll learn, the judgments are all basically according to the character's own criteria of what's important to them. Yeah.
0: Like what do you believe in? What do you stand for? And how do you how do you show that? How do you live that belief? Mm -hmm. What is the effect of that belief? And it's like, oh yeah. (laughs) It's
2: ah, it's just a great
1: jumping off point for stories.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. And so I'm I'm sitting here. Reading, I'm like, okay. So at the end of issue six, which is the this is a six issue crossover. The end of yeah. issue six, the progenitor is going to give the world the thumbs up because it's like, okay, Earth has potential. You guys right. are a shining light in the universe. Yeah, this is um, this is the Earth the, is special the earth that you expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I was like, okay, well, that's okay, but you know, we also have a lot of wars going on, and there's death mm-hmm. of them and famine, like. Is is the progenitor going to pull a Silver Surfer yeah. in this situation? Totally, I'm yeah. like, okay, that's 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 what's going to happen. Our plot. So, yep, yeah. So there we go. Moving on. There we and go. So <laughs> that's how that's what's going to happen here,
1: and it gets um, complicated very interestingly. Meanwhile, we're introduced to the six civilians who I mentioned briefly, and they're sort of humans who act to the readers like show the reader what the moral barometer is for the world in this judgment. And they're just six regular people around the world. So you've got Tom in London, who's a bigoted family man. You've got Katrina in Vancouver, who's a woke yuppie who can't get off Twitter. There's Arjun in Mumbai, who is been through all this shit before. And he's not concerned. He's an older gentleman.
0: The world has been invaded
1: and at, yeah. at risk for, and even before times. that, he's lived through wars. He's lived through natural disasters. He's like these things, you know. Either it'll it kill, kill me or it won't. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's Daniela in Sao Paulo, and she is a terminally distracted DoorDash delivery person slash has two other jobs, She's got three jobs. Yeah. Yeah. There's Jada in New York who. Is a mother who lost her daughter, her only child, grief-stricken, and caught in the moment, ends up at an anti-mutant protest because they can resurrect themselves and she can't. And she actually does appear in issue one at a protest against mutants. And then there's Kenta, a 12-year-old kid from Yokohama who doesn't factor into morality plays because he's a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, oh, he, that was so strange. Yeah. When, when, when they taught, when, so we're going to spend the yeah. next couple of issues of yeah. the progenitor going around and judging people. Yes. And it, and it addresses these six mm-hmm. situations. And, 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 it looks and at Kenta over and
1: time, like, it comes back to them. Yeah. It, it repeats, yeah. you know, how are they doing? What's their progress?
0: And it gets to Kenta and it's just like, you're too young to be judged.
1: I'm um, not a monster. Good luck.
0: Good luck for your parents. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> <Just laughs> like. Oh, and he's like, okay. he's like, you know, procrastinating his homework and playing video games and like telling mean jokes and like changing his, his name on online games to be like, I am the hex and I will destroy <laughs> humans and, and just being yeah. a little shit. And it's like, he's yeah, he's no, a, you, he's, you, you don't, don't an have an old moral... Lord 12 year old. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're too young to be judged by these sorts of things. And the progenitor says, I'm not a monster. <laughs> like, I guess that you're a kid. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah. So, the on Krakoa, the X-Men are really getting pushed back to the point where they're like, we need help. And then the Avengers, which honestly, this roster of Avengers is one of the most powerful uh-huh. um, they've ever had. And we've talked about that um, yeah. on past episodes. But not having Robbie Reyes as the all is a big miss. Yeah. But oh well. So, you know, you've got, Phoenix Echo, you've got Captain Marvel, you've got Starbrand, Thor, Namor, Captain America, who is the heart, and <laughs> Nighthawk, who is Batman. And yeah. and they show up to... They drop in on Krakoa because they, yeah. they can't use... <laughs> they can't, can't use, use the Krakoa and Gates. Yeah, uh, and so... Gates. They show up and they're like, How can we help? Where do you need us? And Cyclops immediately just like, Okay, I need you here. I need you here, need you here. Cyclops is an amazing general and he <laughs> blows Captain America out of the water every single time the two of them are on the same in the same side. He,
1: he also <laughs> delivers a line. And again, this is very much Karen Gillen's portrayal of of Cyclops, where, you know, as we have gushed very recently about Cyclops during fear itself, where he has protocols upon protocols for contingency plans for possible things that might go wrong and you know it, it the it's like uh oh a sky uh, a giant skyscraper sized threat that makes its own you know threatening microflora why didn't i have this in the protocol why didn't i think I, of that <laughs> i he says i why do i miss the obvious things <laughs>
0: Oh Scott! Oh Scott! There, every once in a while, you get this utopia era Scott that is just so damn cool. Yep. <laughs> man. He, there are few characters who get screwed over by their writer as yeah. often as Scott. It's does. true.
1: Yeah. At his worst, he is just so boring and vanilla. And at his best, he is extremely compelling.
0: Just so amazing.
1: Ah. And, and and as as sort of the fallout from the hex comes into play like it's causing all these natural disasters around the world and cyclops is like all right you guys avengers you guys need to go like help save people from these disasters and all the mutants see is the avengers leaving turning tail and they're like see this is so there's like this we're showing this deep and complicated legacy of trust and mistrust where like cyclops and avengers uh, cyclops and captain america are fucking bugs they get it buds they get it even though captain america is like like you're when he comes they're, they're talking about resurrection and cyclops is like you know we'll take care of protecting the resurrectors we can't we still can't let you have this knowledge he's like really you're keeping secrets from me at a time like this and and so like there's still that level of distrust but when it comes to just like having each other's back in, in the a mission at hand in a fight for everything Perfect trust. And you see that a lot. Like this sort of desperate time calls for desperate measures like throughout this Mm -hmm. between lots of different characters throughout this crossover. But but yeah, when when the Avengers go at Scott's request to go save civilians from all these natural disasters and all the mutants are like, they always abandon us. They're never here when we need them. So that's interesting. We also have our first sort of like scene between Exodus and sign assign the <laughs> mimitor, one of the hex where they you know have a giant fight and kind of destroy each other, but they're quoting poetry at each other the whole time. Very cool. And then ah, we cool. also see what the steps were to resurrect the progenitor and i'm I'm gonna say, say each of those these and you can fill us in on the details. We've got Ari Shem, the uh, the celestials thumbprint. Now what who is Arisham and why is the thumbprint interesting? Arisham
0: is the the judge. So he, yeah. he's the one that shows up to Earth to judge the balance between Eternals and Deviants. Mm-hmm. And he keeps on getting sent away for X number of reasons. the the Brotherhood of the Shields convinced him to leave. The Eternals um, have convinced him that it, they're not ready. The Dreaming Celestial has convinced him they're not ready yet. Like he keeps on showing up and sometimes makes makes uh, planet fall, and he still continually gets convinced to to peace out again. Um, and this I think is him to judge yeah. Earth like four times now
1: <laughs> in the comics. And this is basically the 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 Celestial from the uh, like from the movie. It's, yeah, um, it's, it is
0: the the one main celestial we've seen yeah. in the MCU.
1: I, I, the only reason I keep representing the the movies for the Eternal or for the Eternal is that's that's the only reference that most people will have for Eternals. Absolutely. They're they're very Absolutely. minor characters in even in the comics, but they've had a major motion picture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and then we've got residue from the Dreaming Celestial, that sinister clones harvest. Can you tell me about? who the dreaming celestial was and why sinister is important to this particular part of the plot the dreaming celestial gets addressed in these two books so um they <laughs> they the, they're the, he's the one in the uh he
0: basically woke up for a little bit and went to golden gate park in san francisco and then stood there and dreamt of the world and how things could be and he basically kind of became basic, it's another celestial yeah Yeah, so he basically kind of became the conduit to prepare. Imagine him as like the herald for Arishem. While he was just standing, he became the dreaming celestial because all he did was stand in the park and didn't do anything. So while he was there, the Eternals go and talk to him and figure out what's going on in the mind space. And then also while he's there, Sinister famously Mm -hmm. stole his head and turned it. And, and genetically mutated it into a giant sinister head <laughs> um, oh and did a bunch of experiments on celestial technology and biology, quote unquote biology, and learned a lot of celestial science from uh, the Dream of Celestial. At the end of that, and that is also, he was kind of basically had his own personal nowhere and that's mm-hmm. when he cloned a bunch of Sabretooth and Jeans and Madelines and Cyclopses and Wolverines <laughs> in his little place. And the only reason why that stopped being a thing is because in AVX, the Phoenix Five, uh, who all had Phoenix powers, went and dealt with him and burned everything away and it made me so upset. Anyway, so he that. gave up. Yeah, he gave up on that, put the Celestial head back on. And then in To Defy the Apocalypse and Eternal storyline, Dreamless Celestial wakes up and asks— Arshem to not judge the the planet because it's amazing. He says, "Sure, but you have to join me." And then he removes his helmet and becomes this being of light and ascends beyond celestials. But that's the dreaming celestial.
1: Okay, we have the next. We have the uh, next ingredient for creating a new god is the essence of the destroyer armor. <laughs> destroyer armor being, you know, a Thor thing. But why is it? Why is it here? It's a great question because.
0: I didn't know that Odin created the the destroyer armor as an anti-celestial weapon. (laughs) So dope. (laughs) uh, At least 616 canonically. And as of now, I don't know if it was originally, but Mm -hmm. uh, as of now, the destroyer armor was created by Odin in order to try to fight the Celestials. And so this is like, consider it anti-celestial tech. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. At least celestial level tech.
1: Next, we have the oral history of the deviant deviant city of Lemuria, which is a frequent site, uh, you know, deviants, celestial, eternal, right? They're always getting shit on. And just to kind of like balance out, you know, the the full profile of what it what this history is and, and what it means to be a celestial. Do you have anything to add about Lemuria or the deviants?
0: No, if you want to learn more about Lemuria, what's going on, the Kieran Gillen's run. Of eternals, Mm -hmm. like it heavily focuses on Lemuria and that kind of stuff. Uh, Um, It's one of the times Arishem landed in Lemuria and destroyed it,
2: or
0: (laughs) basically destroyed it. Yeah. Um, And so there's just a lot, there's, you know, millennia of history in Lemuria.
1: Next, we have new scripture for this new god written by Ajax, which will sort of be the, the operating system for it. I don't know if you have anything to add on that before we get to the last no, component. Just, that's Ajax's yeah. position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last component is Tony Stark's nervous system. Yeah. So, which why? currently is just
0: natural and human. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this storyline happened a few years ago, it'd be super
1: <laughs> computered out, but it's Right. Not. <laughs> but but why why is Tony Stark the blueprint for a celestial? <laughs>
0: There's a from handful of King and of, Black
1: and yeah, stuff like so
0: that. yeah, so like in King and Black, he used Extremis Extremis to <laughs> well, well, so King and Black he took over a Grendel, which is a symbiote dragon, and then used the sim the Extremis symbiote to take over one of the symbiote Celestials that Null had. <laughs> so in comics, um, man, and and Extremis and mental connection and body connection, and so like. The genetic memory of Tony Stark is accustomed to okay. moving a celestial. And so when when you have a dead body and you need a new nervous system, why not use a template that has experienced a celestial already Yeah, is the argument. Outrageous. Why? You know, if you get into any level of detail beyond that, you know it's BS because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is a different body since mm-hmm. <laughs> since King of Black. So, and it's like he's legitimately a test tube genetic baby clone thing of the genetic material of his birth parents. Like it's whatever, but
1: yeah,
2: that's
0: the argument for using Tony.
1: And and he makes a little quip in there. He's like, "Hey, it's just, just like Hank and Ultron, right?" Laughs, Laughs nervously. Uh, hashtag too soon. That's all I've got on issue two. Anything else stand out? Um.
0: Well, I guess there. So there's a the, the difference in resurrection between mm. the eternal That's resurrection and yeah. mutant resurrection. Mm-hmm. We've talked about mutant resurrection and how it's a it's a mental backup, and so there's going to be a gap in. Memory, and Mm -hmm. so when Sign the Mimitar and um, Exodus fight, they Mm -hmm. both die. Yeah, Sign remembers that battle. Yeah, and and Exodus is just gets told what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so there's just like a fundamental difference in the resurrection. Sign's going to remember that Mm -hmm. pain and that fight, right? And the details of that fight and the emotion, including
1: the fact that they kind of made a connection. Yeah, recording poetry. Like sign, I'm I'm not joking. Sign fucking loves poetry.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And Sign's sign sign Sin- ends up being just such an awesome character. Yeah. So Sign is now emotionally invested for or against, but emotionally invested in this rivalry friendship that she has created with Exodus, where Exodus is just like, I died fighting an eternal, I have to get back out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's that, and then to bring back sign, a human life has to be used. Right. It ends up being Arjun in Mumbai yep. as one of the as one of the six. Mm-hmm. So as the story progresses, we get we check in with each of the six situations. Yeah. And so Arjun just dies randomly, and then the next time we see Arjun's story, it's from his widow's perspective.
1: Yes. Issue three. Issue three. First off, Captain America fails judgment. So we know the shit's serious. <laughs> that's your take.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's my, that's one of my takeaways too.
1: <laughs> the I Progenitor- mean, a, it feels like a major plot point, but yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Progenitor shows, I guess it's in the first page. Anyway, he shows up to Cap and Cap can't, Cap can't fight eternals. Like those people. No. <laughs> so, so Cap's, Cap goes to the treehouse in New York because humans are riding. Either one for survival because there's global panic, but then two because the mutants have uh, resurrection and so they are rioting at the treehouse and want to take it down. So Cap shows up to the treehouse to defend it and try to calm the 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 riots down. He has a track record of calming down riots sometimes, <laughs> uh, or inspiring the riot to target the actual enemy and not each other. Sure. Anyway. uh, Anyway. And so the progenitor shows up to judge cap and he says, you are a dream of a better country. You have tried to inspire it for a century. This country is the world leader and the world is what it is. It is worse every day. You are a failure and gives cap a thumbs down. And I was like, "Oh shit!"
1: <laughs> so we're, we're if if we're starting off with Captain America failing judgment, then we know that this is isn't just about whether you're a good person or not, and the odds right. are the deck is stacked.
0: Yeah, it's and, it's not about the potential of humanity; it right. is about the act of humanity. Yeah, and and this is literally the problem with Captain America. <laughs> yeah, just thrown at our faces because, yes. especially because well, America point. has changed a lot in the last like decade. <laughs> um, well, um, oh, certainly in the last
1: <laughs> half century since he's been in sure. regular publication. Absolutely,
0: but so like or since. Yeah, in terms yeah, <laughs> in terms of my reading of Captain America and what uh, we have experienced as a country in the in the last number of years, mm-hmm. um, just I and actually when we started doing our podcast i kind of i had this question of captain america why is he a thing why do we yeah. care what is the totally. point of captain america yeah. um and because and and they've gone through great lengths over the last couple of captain america runs of explaining <laughs> captain america represents what america could be and should Mm -hmm. be and this better dream of tomorrow and so here comes the progenitor and he's like i understand what you stand for Mm -hmm. but what have you actually accomplished look at the america around you and tell me you've done anything (laughs) totally and (laughs) Um, they kind of
1: soften uh, it by saying like as the world leader it's responsible for the whole world but like it's also America. Yeah. America's just a shitty place at, at, <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah,
0: the brigender is like, dude, you're, you're basically a joke. <laughs> yeah. You have failed. You, you, you've propped yourself up on the soapbox of a better tomorrow and you are living in yesterday.
1: <laughs> and, and also just that, that Captain, uh, again, this idea that everyone's kind of being judged by their by an individual criteria, right? Like, he is Captain America, so he is going to be judged by America. Somebody else is going to be judged completely differently. Yes. So just keep that in mind.
0: Which is which is flexible of the progenitor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It 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 takes everybody's case by what they believe in.
1: Yeah. And that's uh cool. <laughs> jumping into the plot recap here. Druid doubles down on the war and says, Well, if we're going to be judged, we're going to be judged by how well we kill eternals because that's or, how well we kill deviants, because that's what eternals do. So let's get back to this war thing, even though you know it just told us to cease fire. Festus and Sinister hatch a plan to destroy the progenitor, or what might be able to destroy the progenitor, despite the risks that it could kill millions. Sinister and Destiny conspire with a kind of a rigged quiet council meeting to put the plan in place. It all turns to about uh, turns out to be a psychic ruse from the progenitor. This leaves the assembled forces resigned to their judgment and to Cap's plan, inspire the world to pull together and make sure that we pass. Cersei, following that logic, breaks into the external exclusion prison to uh, rescue the perfect person for the job, the eternal Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Well, who's mm-hmm. Star Fox?
0: Who is Star Fox? So Eros, Eros is his like given name. Star Fox yeah. is his like superhero name. Yeah. Um s- chosen Celeste s- chosen gal- galaxy name. Like yeah you, when you when you run away from home and you t- decide to go by a different name, he right. chose Star Fox. Anyway, yeah. he's he's uh, not Fox McCloud. He's yeah. No. <laughs> he is Thanos's brother. Yeah. And God, and they've really redefined and expanded mm-hmm. the purpose of Thanos and Star Fox in yeah. Kieran Gillen's
1: Thanatos is the the classic sort of like philosophical thing, but whereas Thanos is the personification of death, he is the personification of love.
0: Yeah. And so <laughs> his his superpower is like pheromone suggestion. He can make you want to sleep with them kind of a thing.
1: Well, certainly um, what he's used it for most.
0: Yes. And so and that's been his superpower. Is this like yeah, he makes you sleep with them. And and <laughs> that has been my biggest hesitation with Bring him to the MCU, which they officially have. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> if that's his power, like beyond your typical eternal yeah. power set of super strength, durability, long life, yada yada yada. His his unique power is that he can make you love him. How do you use that as a character? And so they've expanded and kind of recontextualized that power into one of inspiration. Think of yeah. like a twenty-first so century hippie love thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so it's a it's it's about you know he uses it he or he has in the past used it mostly for emotional manipulation, but has his powers are basically about emotional connection and empathy, and he delivers a great monologue in the next issue about like redefining hedonism that mm-hmm. really kind of uh, scores settles the point really well. So I, I I'll. Yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of go after it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But basically, he says, "If you know me from my day as an as an Avenger, you'll know me as a hedonist. That's true, but I want you to think about hedonism in a different way. Hedonism is about loving life, whatever that means for you. We will survive because we love life. We have a choice today. We can choose life over death. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, it's." Hidden is, I guess it's not as profound or as long as I thought, but <laughs> <laughs> basically this idea of like he represents love and his powers are empathy and and authentic emotional connection. He has used those powers most frequently to manipulate people into sleeping with him, and it is very problematic to have a super superhero whose power is to be rapey, and that's why he was stuck in the exclusion prison for quite a long time and is very infrequently used for the last 30 40 years or so um yeah. but we've got kind of a fresh de- fresh redefinition of Eros for this storyline he's he's been in prison long enough he's thought about things he wants to change the way he does them other notes from this issue the deviants um, come to Krakoa to join up the um,
0: deviants show up as as
1: backup by and they go and the the gates. Yeah. Yeah. So they can travel through Cocoa and Gates, which is interesting. Uh also they're like, yeah, we're basically meat shields. Like we've used our bodies to blunt eternal swords for so long that yeah, yeah. we're we're good at this We know this. our place. Yeah. You guys need help. Yeah. If the world's gonna
0: die, we may as well do it fighting. <laughs> yeah. Uh um, we have history fighting the eternals. We got you.
1: Yeah. Next, even though the the whole like plan to destroy the progenitor was a psychic ruse when when they did that in the psychic ruse and destroyed you know many cities and killed millions of people the world still ex- like psychically experienced that mm-hmm. and so that's terrifying and it basically is used as like leverage against the heroes like they think themselves gods they think themselves higher than us we get our first set of judgments and these will be fun to sort of Go through, or I guess, our second. So, after cap,
2: this
0: is the issue where judgments start getting doled out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Emma Frost, Mystique, and Destiny all fail, and Crow of the Eternals passes.
0: Uh-huh. Well, and, and then, and we also see we that, don't
1: see why yet. We can, yeah, yeah, we'll that's probably see that. In, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, judgment so day number is, uh, four. Oh, sorry,
0: let's see who else. Oh, Tom, the person, uh, mm-hmm. the first guy that we met, the first like human character, yeah, he fails.
1: Yeah, he um, already fails in issue two. I mean, it's not surprising <laughs> he's a he's a bigot and an asshole. I know.
0: <laughs> well, these these judgment passes. Oh, sorry, I was. Oh, that's right. Oh, in,
1: I, in four. It's in four. Yeah. Are we on four? We mm. we on four? I'm just about to start. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Uh, plot, plot more judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, first, let's do a plot summary. Cersei wants Eros to manipulate the world into good feelings long enough to pass judgment, like we kind of mentioned before, but he has other ideas because he's a different Eros. He goes on a goodwill tour around the world, hanging out, listening, talking philosophy, finally gets to the UN and gets them to pass a huge deal for international cooperation, human rights, environment concerns, blah, 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 blah. And then Druig creates a Unimind to attack Krakoa. To, you know, keep going with that psychic assault The Good Eternals backdoor the mutant psychics into the Unimind And they swing a new vote to make Eros the Prime Eternal In his desperation at leaving his seat Druig frees Irenos, Who gets to work trying to basically just destroy all life on Earth He's stopped by Magneto Who dies a hero's death And remember, Magneto destroyed his backups Yeah So that's, that's, that's a big, that's a, that's a, that's an actual death, death. We talk about a lot of, you know, like (laughs) very easily reversible deaths in, in this, that's a big deal. That's fucking Magneto. Uranus is like, aren't you dead yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we'll see why in some of the side stories. Unreal. (sighs) Meanwhile, Eros makes a final plea to the progenitor about how much improvement has taken place for earth Oh, and uh, that this might be the basis for the judgment uh, for the progenitor's judgment. Progenitor disagrees, gives all of Earth thumbs down at the end of issue four of six. So that's that's different than we expected when we were looking <laughs> on at On top the, of that,
0: yeah, that's the second to last page of mm-hmm. issues of issue four. Mm-hmm. And a giant light starts burning down on, I guess, New York and. Cap tries to hold somebody and holds up his shield and it blocks him. But the person he's holding isn't completely under the shade of the shield and vaporizes into a skeleton in his hand.
1: And, and as with, and this was at the, that, that anti-mutant protest. Right. And so like yeah, the whole, like just like acres of skeletons, just. People just, just getting like slaughtered.
0: They're so cavalier about like let's just vaporize these people. But also yeah. like like I understand the point of the this art of this splash page, yeah, and how small cap should feel here, yeah, yeah. But like this is such an epic, yeah, shot. I wish we could have gotten something closer.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that would have been that would have been an avengers captain america uh uh-huh. a title and not an AXE judgment
1: title. <laughs> right it's like i get uh, it oh my gosh all right moving along with the judgments tom like you said yeah. fails tom failed judgment
0: and then luke cage is next yeah. mayor uh, luke, luke cage. cage yeah as we've talked about luke ran for mayor he is now the current mayor and at a press conference, they're like, what do you, what do you think? And he's like, ask me tomorrow. And because of that belief and his.
1: Yeah. Um, v- the progenitor says the he, things th- that he's he working failed. on. <laughs> yeah. He says he fails by default. Basically the, the, the subtext for Luke is like, we're all going to make it, you know, ask me tomorrow, how, mm-hmm. how well, you know, you think all this is, has gone. And the progenitor's is like, no, dude, that's, that's not the answer. Um, yep. <laughs> and, and so it's like him. yep you fail luke cage fails um cage. thor um.
0: thor <laughs> thor by holding mjolnir by wielding yeah. mjolnir and being considered worthy by mjolnir passes on on by definition
1: yeah <laughs> yeah progenitor's like well okay kamala khan passes so mm-hmm. i guess the quirk of one of the quirks of of uh, this the, the whole judgment thing is is that the progenitor to it appears to you as somebody you respect whose judgment would be meaningful to you. So Carol Danvers appears to Kamala Khan and is like, Hey, shouldn't we be and questions you know, her? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and she's like, and You're Kamala, not Carol. <laughs> yeah. Immediately <laughs> it's like, What did you do with the real Carol Danvers immediate pass? Back to our our civilians. Um Katrina fails because she can't get off Twitter. Yeah. And she forg- and she doesn't leave a tip for the housekeeping at her hotel room. Xavier fails uh, because he doesn't have time to spend with his son Legion. Legion. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. Arjun's widow, Kamali. Remember Arjun, the guy who just died. I guess a lot of people just died. The 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 one of the, the one of the one six of the civilians, civilians who yeah he, died for who died uh, for signs. Yeah. yeah. So the progenitor looks in on his widow, Kamali, and says, actually, Kamali would judge me. And this makes me question myself. So I'm out. Which (laughs) is an interesting, again, like, we're getting hints of, like, who this character actually is beyond just this omnipotent, unknowable judgment god. And it's... Yeah.
0: It does not want to look inward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But has the capacity to look inward, right? Like, there is... Uh Enough capacity, like it, it, it doesn't believe itself beyond, like solely committed to its role of judgment. Mm -hmm. Starbrand passes. Starbrand passes. Daniela,
0: one of the one of the other civilians, she passes. Mm -hmm. Doctor Doom hangs out with her mom. Doctor Doom passes himself, and Progenitor says, "Okay."
1: Well, (laughs) Progenitor appears to Doom. And says, it's easy. All you have right. to do is admit that Reed Richards is smarter than you. And Doom laughs and passes himself. And this is so quintessentially Doom that Progenitor is like, yeah. You know what? I, I pass legit, you too. Legit. Yeah. You, and this is what we're saying about like, this is how the the criteria works. It is entirely based on what is important to that person. And what is important to doom is ego. Live it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How much you live your beliefs. Jada, another one of the, uh, the six civilians, she passes because at the anti-mutant protest, she feels regret and decides, fuck this daredevil fails.
0: Daredevil fails. He is a man with with a firm moral code which he has violated time and time over. I peer with a crown of thorns and a tur- downturned thumb. Beneath the mask, he weeps. Says, "I know," yet carries on.
1: So tragic, so perfectly tragic for so, for Matt. How, how does how does Kieran
0: Gillen just understand <laughs> Daredevil so well. yeah. Oh, geez.
1: And then the Miles the Morales one. passes without even thinking about it. <laughs> Peter Spider- yeah, Parker gives somebody. him a thumbs up. He, he gives him one back.
0: He's like, "Hey, cool, yeah, got it." <laughs> <laughs> moving on.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, and for is like, "Cool,
2: cool, 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 cool." Uh,
0: refuses to judge Kenta. Yeah, because he's, a he's kid. playing. He's playing games, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, he's, like, he's too young. I am not a monster."
1: Magneto passes. Uh-huh. In in his dying breath, and, and they deliver a great line about Magneto. If 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 all men were like Magneto, there would be no need for men like Magneto. Icarus passes because he's just God's perfect himbo. Cersei fails despite hatching the plan to retrieve Eros and usher in you know an era of good feelings. And we don't understand why because yet, because this still is a pretty withholding. good fucking thing. Yeah. 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 We'll learn that soon. And saying. Eros, they, it, it notes, has already judged himself a failure and is trying to make amends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other notes from mm-hmm. this issue? It, it mostly mm-hmm. just oh. was like just the plot and the judgments was really the yeah. whole issue right Progenitor
0: is... Progenders- little just like monologue of just I do I do not address the world. I have spoken enough. I have watched enough. I have judged enough and I have decided page turn you are all you have all lived enough. And I was like, oh God, if you had a million years, you'd never do enough. Oh no. And then the next (laughs) sells the thumbs down. You'll always be better tomorrow. But you didn't realize that one day tomorrow's would run out. And that day is today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Devastating Fuck <laughs> Especially to me as a born procrastinator Like I really felt Ugh. Called out Yeah
0: Ugh. Ugh. Yeah so We now have two issues Left
1: of A failed n- n- earth. Yeah, After the apocalypse <laughs> And this is part of what I love So much about this story is that It renders the judgment is not final And the things that you do after the end are as important or meaningful than what you do while you're awaiting judgment, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah.
0: And this is not where I thought this story was going to go. As we totally. talked about earlier, I was self foreshadowing and it was kind of on the nose, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, end of issue six, there's definitely going to be a thumbs up because we have the potential. And right. that's usually what people point out. But Karen yeah. Gillen is like, not nah, like, Fuck potential. this like, is
1: this, this isn't the story it. that we're telling here yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so issue five plot recap steve devastated at the sight of all of these dead bodies jada comes and brings him a coffee nightcrawler shows up and is like hey cap can i you wanna let's go to the north pole here mm-hmm. and i think everyone would
0: see would see yeah. you give this false god a piece of your
1: mind
2: interested yeah.
1: <laughs> and he does and just stands up and and you know tells him off and jean you know psychically broadcasts it and yeah progenitor just fucking mists him just turns him into nothing
0: oh my gosh just just how, how dare you just evaporate yeah. american rogers yeah uh, yeah but again you know he <laughs> Right. <laughs> he failed. <laughs> yeah. But Captain America doesn't stand on the pedestal that the rest mm-hmm. of the Marvel title uh, <laughs> has put him on for the last 100 years.
1: <sighs> and so Gene's broadcasting the the inspirational, you know, confrontation. It's enough to rally the full AXE forces. They decided to strike at the same vulnerability from that was revealed in issue 3, even though the the strike In issue three was a psychic ruse. The vulnerability was real. So like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's do this. They assemble an inside team, essentially, of Ajax, Macquarie, Cersei, Iron Man, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Sinister, and Jack of Knives, who uh, dies immediately to provide a distraction uh, for the rest of them. And Mm -hmm. then...
0: Oh, so there's this... Eternals cannot attack a Celestial... Yeah, uh, biologically cannot attack. And so Eros says prime eternal unlocks their brains. So that yes, the mutant psychics and telepaths can overwrite Eternals <laughs> yes. base instincts and let them attack a Celestial. And so a different yes. telepath is paired up with each eternal. That's how many telepaths. <laughs> <laughs> live on Krakoa, that there are enough that they can each team up uh, with a different Eternal that's used in this assault. Uh, yes, yeah. and, and it's ha- absolutely and, insane.
1: And and also elsewhere, they've. Uh, I don't know if this happens in this issue or later, but the the Stepford Cuckoos each take one of the five of uh, one of five members of the Hex, and then Emma takes the sixth. Just mm-hmm. very cool. And then the end of the issue plot recap: the mutants use their five resurrection abilities to resurrect Captain America.
0: Oh shit. With shield. Oh shit. (laughs) With the shield. Yeah. Just to make it obvious who's coming out of the the sack. Yeah. Out of the egg. But like
1: oh (laughs) yeah. Oh so this opens some fucking questions. I didn't know even though it was possible to resurrect non-mutants. I mean, I suppose like all you need is to be able to clone them and to back them up, but like Cerebros right. hasn't really messed with non-mutant psyches before, but mm-hmm. I guess it's just a psychic reading. You know, we've got plenty of psychics and so no reason why it shouldn't be doable. Right. right. And and now we have confirmation that it is possible. Absolutely. So so now th- this really gives me the, the heave-ho here that Mutant Resurrection is not long for this world. Like, not long for Marvel Comics. Because now that you've kind of crossed the Rubicon here into, like, anybody can get resurrected, this is not something that they can kind of just, like, let stay in the Marvel Universe. Right. But which which begs the question, how? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Right? Because, like... Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen by the end of AXE. Right,
0: the five are all pretty big names, with the exception of Egg. So, like,
1: <laughs> do I mean, you Proteus feel has been off... a long time not in right. Publication? He's a reality warper, like, yeah.
0: I, there's, I'm starting to get sour on reality warpers. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's, it's how how do you get rid of the resurrection cycle? What's you? You don't get rid of Cerebro. <laughs> I don't know. That's for sure.
1: Um, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm. I'm so
1: curious. I. I really want to. Know. Some yeah, notes from uh, the issue. Uh, and we get an update this, I mean, on the just, civilians after their judgment. Do we? Yeah. Tom gets told about himself. He he gets beat up. Oh. And then his, his, uh, he's feeling bad about himself, and, and his son is like, well, you're a piece of shit. I'm going to tell you about yourself. Yeah, um, they're
0: like, well, since we're dying tomorrow anyway, yeah. I may as well tell you, you're the worst
1: father <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Daniela is questioning herself. Why did she fail? And so she kind of just like gets compelled to go live her beliefs and go serve people. Katrina. Kamali. Uh, yeah, sorry. Katrina. Kamali just kind of waits and, yeah. and grieves. Daniella holds her mom tight. Jade, uh, Jada, we covered already. Kate, uh, Kenta starts to understand that all of this destruction is real and has real implications to him and is terrified. And proge- mm-hmm. the progenitor apologizes to Kenta.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, but like, there's so many children in the world. I know he feel uh just i i appreciate giving yes. one window into the next generation it,
1: they they really do an incredible thing with these with these six characters because they represent really distinct points on morality like mm-hmm. you've got somebody who's who has poor intentions <laughs> You've got somebody who has or is self-centered, basically, and will judge others. You've got somebody who has good intentions, but doesn't put themselves behind it, right? Yeah, it doesn't like,
0: stand behind their, their internet yeah. words. And,
1: yeah, and that's Katrina. You've got somebody who is completely, apathetic. basically detached from it all, right? Mm-hmm. By grief or by experience or whatever. And that's kind of both Arjun and Kamali. You've got somebody who is fucking poor and busy and has other shit to do and needs to find, you know, the priorities of what's morally important between all of these things that are in base survival. And that's Daniela. You've got somebody who is, you know, sort of overcoming the blinders of grief to heal and become a better person in Jada. And then you've got a kid who hasn't developed a moral capacity at all. And it's just such a cool, like, Choice uh, of how to to build and and focus characters for the themes of this book, and just
0: conceptually con- a conceptual tangent. Th- yeah, those six like storylines or plot point mm-hmm. devices are literally the comic book that I <laughs> sort of comic book that I wrote in my head about a protest blocking a freeway. Yeah. And just just like in my head, it was like four different stories of people in cars that are blocked by the protest, Mm -hmm. and how the protest has affected their lives and what they do and how they believe or either sign on or get
1: angry at that protest. (laughs) Let's co-write that comic someday. Be fun. Yeah, I'm down. Sure. I think it'd be serious. Cool. I'm. I'm. I am. I'm very dumb. That'd be cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah. get we'll get Katie to edit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have any other notes on, on issue five.
0: Yeah, um, just conceptually, there's just a lot of brutal scenes yeah. in terms of like battles. Yeah. It, it's, the one of the things that gets driven home in this book is how powerful the Eternals are, and it is. Yeah, continually under. I feel like they 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 don't get the time of day because their movie didn't do as well as it should have, and <laughs> um and I mean their it all also their wasn't as good as it needed to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. <is> it, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but then also their individual titles are always self contained, eternal versus eternal, right. and very rarely do their power set, does their power set get put up against the rest of the world? And yeah. this really drove home. Yeah. There's only a hundred eternals, but they could fuck everything if they wanted to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it also kind of speaking, speaking about like MCU and, and you know, the, the sort of like back and forth between how you can tell stories in comics versus movies. Like, I'm just trying to like imagine how dope it would be to have a, a team coming coming together like you know Ajax, Macready, Cersei, Iron Man, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Mister Sinister, like to to do a mission together in the movies and and how like yeah. you you only saw something like that in like Infinity War, right? or or and, and Endgame 2 i suppose where like you've got these a bunch of people from like tons of different teams who are kind of thrown into the shit uh and and they're basically chosen for their specific power set sort of but mostly like thematic connection like as we'll see in these next three issues i'm assuming we're covering uh axe avengers axe x-men and axe yeah, Eternals yeah. before we do number 6 cuz that's how they're printed in the book but they they're the main characters here are all kind of chosen because of their specific relation to judgment, mm, you know, Gene mm-hmm. gray, Tony Stark and Ajax are the main characters of these three issues. And they all have, they all, you know, end up playing a really crucial role in the climax. And it's, it's because of that. So yeah. Do you want to get into AXE Avengers?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, because so yeah, so five ends with this infiltration team and Cap being
1: resurrected. Holy shit. Yes. Okay,
0: so holy shit. <laughs> so um, God.
1: I just I, okay. Let's take another step to freak out about that because oh the, this <laughs> the,
0: I wish it one of those moments where I wish I was a cartoon or I was the mask or something because the the speed and impact at which my jaw dropped when I turned yeah. the page because <laughs> the buildup <laughs> is just amazing and, and it's like Nightcrawler Kurt's just like thank you for bringing me back yeah. we have uh, we're we're running another test we're gonna bring someone back and Exodus yeah. is like I can't believe you bring back that person and, right. and this is, is like a blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why not bring back Cyclops or whatever? And and <laughs> yeah, Captain like, America is Cyclops? in the in the
1: resurrection queue above Cyclops at this point.
0: <laughs> right. And that colour is like Cyclops is great, but what we need is he's a great leader but he's not what the earth needs right now and i'm sitting here like what the fuck other mutant could you possibly bring back that's gonna be a better leader than and then i turn the page and it's just this fucking shield shooting out
1: of the egg and you're just like (gasps) unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah Uh um this comic may have killed well.
2: Oh
0: my gosh, dude! I freaking lost it. Oh oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. What a
1: moment! What What a what a what a what a what an all time moment!
0: Oh man, yeah that that is. That was wild. That was great. I was having a good time. Anyway, so... Um, okay, now are we ready for AXE Adventures? Yeah. So so between five and six in yeah. this collection that we have, uh, three issues get thrown in, which are AXE Avengers, AXE X-Men, and AXE Eternals, which are each one issue of a chosen basically- character who's on this infiltration team to uh, deal with their... Uh, how they feel about a judgment, uh, a judgment and atonement and...
1: And and they right experience their, their personal judgments, and and yeah, there, there's kind of a, a a real world plot going on of they're just kind of wandering through this the inside of this celestial. That's not important. It, it's you know it's like oh, there's a thing to fight, punch it, you know. But really, the 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 text the texture of this all is going through their judgment and Axe Avengers as he is the only Avengers on the inside unit or Avenger on the inside unit it is Tony's judgment
0: yeah and so he goes yeah. through these you, you kind of get like a snapshot uh, a cold version of his history starting yes. with being in the cave with Yinsen and uh, his the first armor that he had and Yinsen was the first to die um in the name of the suit and and Mm -hmm. and uh what iron man stands for what you know like what the armor means represents and Mm -hmm. then you go through and then he gets confronted by uh the rest of his armors and different designs Mm -hmm. that he's had and they're just like look at you you know you've you've come up with this idea of the celestial armor and uh this god armor and it's finally the it's gonna kill the world and isn't that what you always wanted and then right. they're like so you know all this all this death is it worth it and he's just like listen i just like i'm not everyone's relying on me steve is relying on me i'm not going to let him mm-hmm. down and then it flashes well, speaking to of steve post, and then it flashes to post-civil war when steve died because of a gunshot that had Nothing directly to do with Iron Man, but the guilt is there. But, um,
1: well, they they had been fighting a, a war against yeah. each other. They, they, and they, yeah, they were fighting the Civil War. Cap gave up and, because and he died. saw how much
0: damage was being dealt. He quote unquote died. Okay.
1: Well, sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he for for all intents for publication purposes he died. For no, no yes. okay. Here it is. for the purpose of the Civil War story, he died. Yes, for the purpose of continuity, he didn't. But that. These are, this is why it's important to uncouple these things.
0: Yes, absolutely. Way to go. I like that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so he died, and then, oh, and then they get a callback to a recent, the current run of Iron Man where he got the power cosmic and. and killed Rody for getting in his way and then using Power Cosmic to bring him back. and then a flashback to when he cloned and then so now it becomes this question about him playing God and then uh Tony using Thor's DNA to create a character who ended up being called Ragnarok and also during and Civil when, War mm-hmm. And when Thor <laughs> came back in Straczynski's run how pissed Thor was about that and just he just gets called out, by every single, like, notable storyline in Tony's life, um, yeah. all the way up to who, who's this? Well, guy chronologically. With the,
1: well, hold mm. on. Who's this guy with the glasses who takes his glasses off and looks at, you know, who's saying, you could have never held it together. Men like you are killing the planet slowly. At least this cuts to the chase. You're an addict. You always will be. You're off the booze. You're addicted to saving the world. Bigger risk, bigger high. How fine can you cut it? Eventually, you're always going to push it close or push it too close. Who is is that? Is that Bruce Bruce. Banner? Oh, okay. And then he's Hulk. Yeah. Because the
0: and yeah. And then the the next page, yeah. He's angry, turns into Hulk and punches him.
1: Okay. Yep. And then Janet Van Dyne. Past girlfriends and lovers. Yeah. Yeah. You got Wasp. You've got Black Widow. You've got Pepper Potts. You've got Patsy Walker. Mm -hmm. And yeah. She says, Got some bad news with Whitney frost shaped exceptions. You're attracted to paternal figures who provide a strong moral compass because yours is absolutely whacked weird quirk. And um, then finally it's, it, he relives the card crash that killed his parents and gets his final judgment from his father who passes him.
0: Mm-hmm. You are too hard on yourself. You pass. I couldn't be prouder of you.
1: And and the the, the reasons why he passes are, you know, because he's experienced these losses, this trauma in his life. And he, he believes that if he works harder, if he builds a better machine, he can stop, you know, the car crash on the planetary scale as the, uh, the progenitor calls himself. And that, you know, if he just works hard enough and, and that, that he can prevent this misery, this tragedy. And the other thing that's important here is that, Tony immediately makes the connection that not only it's not just that he passed and gets to work out his daddy issues, as Sinister points out, but that he realizes that if he's being tested now, it means that post-judgment. <laughs> post judgment of the world, it means that the judgment isn't final, that there that this is still part of part of the judgment process and that there's still hope to be found. That we can still pass, we can still save people.
0: Uh-huh. And so now his, you know, his uh commitment to the cause is renewed, and they strike their action pose for the end of <laughs> the issue, and we move on to Axe X-Men.
1: <laughs> yes. And Axe X-Men focuses on Gene Gray. And her so Tony's sort of arc towards judgment is how hard he judges himself. And how, like, in the addict mode, in in the recovering addict mode of going through the twelve steps, making amends, like working to what is it change the mistakes that you can, and et cetera, et cetera. And so that's sort of what he brings to it. Jean brings to this the fact that she (laughs) killed a planet once, you know. And so, yeah,
0: dude, Krakoa era Jean is
1: getting really hit with this a lot. (laughs) I mean you you kill a planet you kind of deserve to i mean she also doesn't have a whole
0: lot of storyline post killing a
1: planet (laughs) no she's been dead most of the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah and you know it the the kind of trial here brings in sinister and logan as character witnesses sinister says i cloned her and i I cloned her and I couldn't like, there is something about Jean gray that I couldn't replicate despite all of my science Mm. for sinister for sinister to deliver something like that. Like, okay. Sinister has clearly been weirdly obsessed with Scott and Jean in every timeline for his entire character history. Like, Mm -hmm. cool. We know that you're that dude. We know that you have these preoccupations and obsessions, but to deliver something that honestly touching is incredible for Sinister. Yeah. And he immediately hates it too. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Wow, honesty. That was
0: awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Wolverine. That is that is just, yeah. wildly insightful. And I, I, I it's yeah. one of those things that like conceptually is always the flaw with cloning and like creature creation. Like, It gets touched on. I'm not going to go deep into spoiler territory, but it gets that concept gets touched on in Guardians Three, and um, Mm, mm -hmm. and there's just that becomes the like a a story point uh, a lot with like Miles Warren, the Jackal, when he's cloning Gwen Mm -hmm. Stacy. There's always something wrong with his yeah. clones Ben Parker is or Ben Ben Riley is different from Peter Parker because even though he's a perfect clone they have a different brain and the the wires are connected differently because sure and on top of that you have Kane Parker like
1: and this is kind of how you tell the the moral story about the sanctity of life and like even mm-hmm. if you have the technological capacity to yeah clone people or whatever like this is this ain't it chief as, as right, And so
0: when you have a character that their entire arc is about cloning <laughs> for him, for him to like admit that flaw in his process or whatever, whatever Gene just any, has,
1: he has. Especially because Sinister, it. Sinister has never seen a problem that he didn't think he could fix by cloning. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his pattern for predicting the future or for 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 survival right now is cloning cloning a bunch of moira mctaggart's and then uploading his memories of the current timeline and then killing a moira clone to reset the timeline to his his memory upload space and then try again like this man fucking loves cloning things hilarious and then wolverine's also in as a character witness and Obviously, he does the Wolverine thing, you know.
0: Well, he holds Gene on a pedestal beyond any and all other beings, including a celestial.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, if you're a space god, whatever. Somebody like you doesn't get to judge somebody like her. But, you know, she did kill a planet. And there is no atoning for that, even no no matter how many worlds she saves. But that's kind of not the point. So she fails the test, but. Yeah. That's almost like, and it's, you know, devastating to her. But like, just imagine being judged by the people who mean the most to you in your life and them saying, like, nah, you suck. You aren't worth it. Mm -hmm. But like, she, it doesn't stop her from keeping on, from going on to the next thing and still trying to do the right thing and be a hero through it all.
0: Yeah. And, and her whole thing, like her take because the whole destroying a world thing just really puts her in the in the red here. And so yeah. And so she says, you know, saying destroying a world is unforgivable while it's doing this. How dare Yeah, it? I'm Great. going to annihilate this hypocrite. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. Woo! <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah. So Gene fails. Gene gets a thumb. Gene down. fails. And then we have uh AXE Eternals. And we have oh oh sorry one more thing from from x Men throughout this whole thing Sinister is never judged he remarks on it a couple times
2: mm. mm-hmm.
1: there are a couple yeah, possibilities weird. here
0: oh, oh one is oh <laughs> damn it <laughs> why are you making me think <laughs> okay okay uh huh uh huh uh huh uh huh let's go
1: let's go well one is obvious in that he's lying because that's what he does. You know he got judged he doesn't want to tell anybody about it, you know whatever that is a much less delicious possibility to me than sinister isn't being joint judged here because this sinister is a clone, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh shit, especially <laughs> as as we've seen all this shit with Dr. Stasis and clubhead sinister, oh.
2: <laughs> yo
0: Yo It's Yeah <laughs>
2: <'Cause> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay This is what fucks me up because I have yes. spent all of Krakoa Advocating for clones that <laughs> they they have different life experiences and so they're going to have different personalities and they're gonna, they, they should, they deserve to at least get a chance to right. live. That's why right. I've been advocating for Madeline this entire time. Yes. Now brought back. yes, cool. Yes. However, <laughs>
1: on paper, <laughs> however, exclamation a- point.
0: Right. Yeah. On paper in AXE, we do not see anyone who is currently a clone judged. Just to just to prove your point here, we don't see. Well, we don't know about Sinister's Story, but we but Sinister yeah. doesn't get judged uh, supposedly. <laughs> uh, Laura Kinney and Gabby don't mm-hmm. get judged. Yeah. Madeline, we don't see her get judged. We don't mm-hmm. see Kane Parker get judged. We don't see Ben Riley get judged. We don't see uh, anyone else who's a clone that I can't think of <laughs> uh, get judged. And 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 so, but that then takes a step beyond of just like, do does a celestial or slash a god consider clones worthy of judgment? Mm-hmm. Are they life forms worth judging? We never and then on top of that, we never saw anyone who's an AI get judged. It's true. we didn't we don't see vision get judged. nope. Ultron any of the uh, uh, Aaron Stack, Jocasta, Mm -hmm. no robots, Danger, didn't get
1: judged. Yeah, not even like Warlock. Warlock didn't get judged, that we know Even though he's, yeah, techno-organic, so it's kind of gray area. Because, so like, oh man, oh man. Oh,
0: (laughs) shh Like, oh man, so we teased this, Sort of conversation with Matthew and Paul, who are yeah. the Superior Ethics guys, and we're going to Have them on in a couple of weeks Yeah, Folks, thank you And one of their reactions to the premise Of this story is Why are humans the only ones who are being judged Which I am now on this entire Bandwagon of our Our artificial Intelligences and clones Being judged Yeah Oh, can I just ask and Gillen on Twitter? Go for it. I think he'll answer. No. Okay. Y- you <laughs> start start on Axe Eternal. We don't need to spend time on this. But, but now my mind is blown. And how dare you do this to me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, okay. So Axe Eternals actually goes through two different things. First, we go through why did Cersei fail her judgment despite having the great plan? And as you kind of mentioned before, it's because she went out of her way to keep the world from knowing the secret about eternal resurrection, killing humans. Okay. We also have Ajax judgment and through it all and her, her sort of take on the concept of judgment is more about flipping the mirror. Well, it's about two things. One, it's about flipping the mirror on the progenitor because she's like, well, I made you to be a better God. (laughs) Like I'm judging you as you're judging Mm -hmm. me. And she still believes in the progenitor to be that better god, even through all after, you know, casting judgment and destroying the world. And the other part of judgment for her and for the eternals in general is that they can't they fundamentally can't change themselves. They are right. It, you that, know, and construct. that has been yeah. Sorry. No, do it. Well,
0: that's been Kieran Gillen's. Like plot point in I mean, his in the Eternals this entire time.
1: It's the core concept is of the, Eternals the Eternals going all the way back to to Jack Kirby? Is mm-hmm. you know like what they're 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 presented to be the good guys and the deviants the bad guys, but they represent stasis and the the deviants represent change and like change is always going to be stronger and more resilient and more capable of good than something that cannot adapt to the world as it changes. Yeah. And so on at a certain level, like judgment for an eternal is irrelevant. Like they can't change themselves. It doesn't matter what, how you judge them. Like they're not in control. And so Ajax delays judgment. Says, you will not fail me And I will not fail you And gives her Cuts her off from the, the psychic Sort of like access point That is letting uh, mutants Take control of Eternals And says I'll give you full freedom at the end What you do will be your actions your, And your actions alone
2: <laughs>
1: You have too much faith So cool Yeah, you-
0: and it is Yeah uh- <laughs> <laughs> That, it's ah, that, it, it's like <laughs> we've touched on we've touched on this concept. I like, love this will face. Just, how do I work this? <laughs> I'm just like you. Uh, this the progenitor has existed for yeah. 24 hours, right? And he's straight up just judging the world. And Ajak is like, "What about you?" I mean, at least, uh, at least
1: uh, Nate Gray uh, (laughs) was alive for like a whole year.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and freaking God, like to, and and like, we got like chinks in the armor when it judged, uh, or it went to go and judge Kamali. Yeah. And it was just like, I fear that she would judge me. And so I'm going to move on. And you're like, Oh, are you? Yeah. There's something (laughs) here. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, that's so well done. <laughs> oh. I love it.
1: I love it. Are you ready, ready for the and finale here?
2: Let's do the finale.
1: All right, Judgment Day issue six. The progenitor rampages on to destroy the machine that is Earth, and the inside team reaches its core. I'm just gonna leave it there for for the the broader the, for this plot summary, and we can go point by point for the finale here. Yeah. So, the yeah, they reach the core. Ajak stops Jean from killing it. Jean's mm-hmm. ready to do the thing. She manifests this the the Psylocke-style psychic ni- knife. Yeah, she's like, but I'll as, take
0: one from Psylocke.
1: But as Wolverine claws. But she makes...
0: Yes. Yeah, she- <laughs> oh, cool. So I, my least favorite... <laughs> Manifestation of psychic powers,
1: but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it was still it was still cool for the for the for the look. Yeah. <laughs> and great for Gene. And and Ajax just bashes her with a club and stops her. And they all kind of make the decision together to instead of killing it, they have to inspire it to be better because this is the only way to undo the the damage and destruction it's already caused. And eventually they win over Gene with this too with this idea. Mm-hmm. And they all deliver some Ajax Tony and Gene all deliver some incredible speeches here. And I wanted to open up the floor for what you, you know, for these just like how yeah, I- they how they talk to each in turn. To Well, okay, there's one other thing that happens first. Cersei, you know, uh reveals the secret of eternal resurrection to all of humanity. And yeah, then she sorry. gets <laughs> just absolutely splattered by the progenitor.
0: Mm-hmm. Also progenitor, it's method of how it's going to destroy the machine is to go to the loom, which is a giant earth bomb. Mm. And so it has to move. So there's the, they have precious little time, but it ha- cause it has to travel to the loom yeah. because the earth decided not to grant it access <laughs> through a program to to the loom it's like fine i'll just go there myself
1: <laughs> well I'll do it myself the there's some side stories that explain exactly how it got denied access to the loom and those are interesting <laughs> we'll touch on them later because i don't know if you've read them yet <laughs> Yeah. also this pod is dragging Dra- long enough that maybe we don't want to do companion Volume. this yeah, week. I know
0: we should probably do. come
1: Yeah, we'll we'll do companion with the side stories next. Okay, week. I think that's okay. Fun. So basically, humanity judges Cersei.
2: Yeah,
1: and and that's why she gets splattered, and then and Tony is like, okay, yeah. Tony jumps in. Is like, no. If Eternal can change, any of us can, and and then the speechifying starts. Ajak is like, uh this is a test for uh, not just for us, but for you you destroy the world and you fail that test and Jean gets one over. She says, this is, this is such an incredible point for Jean. I love this right here. She says yeah. I killed a planet and you failed me for it. You said I could never come back for that, but whoever I was, then I was out of control and you were doing this with a cold heart. Once you, once they've done this, this is done and you have to live with it. Can you, but based, but you know, the The difference in intention, and like when she's out of control and she just destroys the plant, versus like he's 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 making a plan and and he's doing it with with full intentions. That's a very very good uh, point that Gene has here.
0: Mm-hmm. And progenitor is just like, I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. if I stop now; a billion was only a billion ish will be left. Yeah, and to which tony jumps in and he's like yeah. that that doesn't that's not good enough
1: <laughs> right and this um, is where we get his experience at, you know in in recovery right mm-hmm. about not giving up it's not too late like you can still yeah. make amends and, and be a better person
0: and he's uh, yeah he's just like i get out of my depth i try to make amends what can you do do that you don't do this and presher is like yeah but it could destroy me and tony's so yeah. Like that's that's the point, right? Yeah, like I do it, I do it every day, every late night. Damn it. If someone who's as big a as big a mess as I am can be a hero, despite all my BS, you can be too. That's great. In this world, this is what being a hero is all about.
1: It's fantastic. Ugh, go Tony. <laughs> yeah. And and it gets there, you know, I like bodily. The progenitor is still de- destroying the planet, but in the core, finally has the confrontation with uh, Ajak and says, you know, given up everything to save everyone. You are my maker. Am I a worthy god? And she says, no. And he's crying out of all six eyes at this point <laughs> and says, you are correct. I ask of, of you this. Be better. And a blinding flash of light and now Ajax is the new god.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: so basically, the progenitor is like, a god is om- om- is omniscient. I do remember where everything was before I tore it apart. Mm-hmm. A god is omnipotent. I can put things back in its place. So my god, that would mean I am effable and my judgment is flawless. But see, if I was truly omnipotent, I would be I would be without limits. I am not clearly. Mm -hmm. I am no god. I can make mistakes. I just make I must make amends. I will put things as they were before my judgment. So this plot point has just been like (laughs) the progenitor has judged the earth as unworthy. He decides to destroy it. And then some key players were like, but. Were you worthy to make that decision? Yeah. And he says, "Oh shit, no, I wasn't. Let yeah. me put it back. Let me undo what I did at the expense of myself,
1: and <laughs> put put Ajax in my place,
0: and give and and gives Ajax its celestial power, and makes and ascends the eternal Ajax to celestial godhood, and is basic and is now Ajax Celestia or something.
1: Yeah, like hardcore." And then that's kind of the climax. There,
0: that's and yeah. Then that's, get, that's how, some, how it kind
1: of ends you have... wrap up an epilogue yeah. and and takeaways. Have epilogue conversations.
0: Jurik gets puts in gets put in the same exclusion as uh, his grandfather ironos
1: and tortured um, there forever. Mm-hmm. Star Fox
0: gives up his eternal his prime eternal seat to Zurus, who has been doing a, a fine job as prime eternal, and he is he's the natural seat. (laughs) He's the natural seat holder for that.
1: Oh, before we, before we continue on with the, the wrap ups or the epilogue, can we just go through some of the notes of, and details and stuff from this issue that, that I kind of skipped over in the summary. Let's do it. They, they make a plan to hide all of the surviving humans from after the initial destruction within the eternal cities, which was pretty cool. Sign and Exodus have their, their, Big team up to to pay off their their little bromance, or I, I think mm-hmm. Sign is is coded as female, but anyway, yeah. Orcus shows up and holds the line, fighting off.
0: <sighs> yeah, the, we'll get into this inside stories.
1: Con- okay,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: because like Orcus is such a big player, and for them to show up in half of a page in the final issue. And yeah. Only then I was like, they're 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 doing other stuff. There's got to be. Well, <laughs> it's we'll
1: see why we're there, why they're there. That's yeah, how yeah,
0: I'll put yeah. It. But yeah, so Moira and Nimrod and a shit ton of Sentinels show yeah. up as like a, a, a one of the final lines of defense.
1: And then we have our kind of final check in on our on our civilians. Or sorry, we have we have what happened in death and then sort of like our, their final check-in after the progenitor puts everything back in place. So mm-hmm. Tom dies realizing he made a mistake. And then when he returns, he kind of like his, his son tries to walk back the things that he said. And Tom was like, oh, I'm thinking about things, which is a yeah. step Katrina started just saving her neighbors from a burning building and died while doing it.
0: Yeah, died on, like, the eighth re- uh, return trip or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: When sh- she returns, she's a hero, or she's regarded as a hero by the people around her. But more importantly than that, she's having, like, non-internet interactions with people. Like, somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody hands her a fucking hot dog. Like, I was- she's getting free, you know, free mm-hmm. stuff. But also, like, she's out in the world. Kamali dies, returns, continues grieving. Sign,
0: yeah, well, sign goes oh, yeah. to Kamali and apologizes for yeah. killing her husband.
1: That's in this in, in the companion, but yes, I think no, no it's nope. in here.
2: Right.
1: Well, oh. only only referentially, just okay. The full yes.
0: conversation or whatever it is. okay. Uh, sign going around and doing
1: yes. more stuff. Yes, <laughs> that was great, and we've got Daniela who goes back to her crazy-ass, busy life, but replies to her texts faster. Mm-hmm. And before, during the destruction like she keeps of Earth, in,
0: she, she keeps in contact with her mom. Yeah. Like, she, her character flaw has been g- being on the grind and not yeah. paying attention to her mom Things that are actually
1: important, yeah. Yeah. Jada and Kenta, while they're being, you know, evacuated into the Eternal Cities kenta is by himself and he's scared his parents are dead he doesn't know it and jada takes care of him in there and so what a what a moment for jada became a great character in this yeah Uh, and what a moment for her just like losing her daughter and then like stepping in to to take care of this terrified child and sort of after the return she Steve, She gets a text from She's like I'm not getting out of bed today And then she gets a text from Steve fucking Rogers It's like uh, okay <laughs> How but whatever <laughs> You know what You've got Tony doing You know tech favors for you I'm sure you can figure it it's out like, It's like everyone having an earpiece No matter yeah. where they are Totally. It, it's, it's a small <laughs> detail you just get over <laughs> Yeah And then Kenta You know goes back to being a kid he
2: doesn't, he doesn't need uh-huh. Uh-huh. He
1: doesn't need growth and change Let's
0: <laughs> I forgot that this happened In what? this book And so we could talk about it The next page after After the check-in with this Go event. off Yeah Uh Zurus so as Prime Eternal Beats yeah. with Storm As yes. the voice of Of Soul and Arako And yeah. he's like Hey uh, As a the smallest of attempts to try to make amends we well, first off we offer I'm, you- I'm,
1: I'm, I'm 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 gonna i'm gonna say the other part first and then i'm gonna let you finish offers okay, kanye perpe- <laughs> perpetual alliance, uh, alliance right like uh, yes offers alliance with the x-men calls an end to the war and the hostilities etc etc and as the biggest token and, and, and a formal apology and as the biggest yes. token of their new we, alliance. Offer, we
0: offer a treaty of alliance uh, your fights are our fights if we yeah. are welcomed. Holy shit uh, yeah. because we just spent the last we just spent two and a half hours talking about how insanely powerful the turtles were right um, We offer the people of Morocco the weapon that was used against them. Renos for an hour to do with what you will.
1: Being bonkers. Excuse me. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> we, uh, like we're gonna see more detail in the side issues of Uranus and the and the Iraqi, but like that level of destruction, um, wild to just point wherever you want for an mm-hmm. hour like uh, there, <laughs> there are so many plots where you
1: you could use this <laughs> yeah it was like oh, oh that, that uh the that Orcus base around the sun
0: right 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 <laughs> so there's there's the mother mold on yeah. the Dyson Sphere. Mm-hmm. There's um, just dealing with brand at all. There's <laughs> literally all of Otherworld. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh my so God. many places that they could point this. Oh, Or just hold on to it for a few years and literally right. just let it be forgotten and then yeah. referenced in a crossover event in like
2: 2030.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking bonkers.
0: Well, oh, can you? Oh my God. So Zerus gave it. To storm. So what what if she doesn't use this before uh she leaves the quiet the the quiet circle or whatever it mm-hmm. is? The great ring Morocco, Yeah the Great Ring and just has this tool for coming and dealing with Wakanda, like
1: or <laughs> who the F knows? Use it in a month to get Genesis and Apocalypse back. Oh,
0: that is such a powerful weapon. People need to understand how powerful the Eternals
1: are. <laughs> Again, in this story, this same one hour of Uranus destroyed ninety-eight percent of a population of over a million battle-hardened mutants, many of whom Omega-level powerful.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think Iska survived?
1: I'm sure you probably know, but like, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> i know everything man. i know everything that happened with isca
2: yeah as your as your friend as
1: your friend as your friend and brother i will not let you not read these side stories for this coming week
0: <laughs> so steve <laughs> because got i love you list you <laughs> got, got a reading list that was more thorough than these two collected books of and, Judgment and, Day and Judgment Day Companion. And I
1: like to read them more in that order where I'm getting the side stories like as they happen, as they happen. chronologically intermixed. The with. internet likes that too. Yeah. I mean, that's how like if you're reading the single issues, it, it'll come out, right? Right. But but I for my probably. reread, so I also bought the physical copy of this one. And and for my reread, I went and read it straight through. Mm. to take notes and summarize from and stuff like that. And that was really helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny because when it comes to crossover events, that's not how I've read them. Because mm-hmm. when the crossover book comes out, side stories come typically come out with it over the next like two to three weeks Yeah, as the collected editions come out. Yeah. And so I would just read them as they came out. And so yeah. I've always had this approach of Read the event and then fill in the stuff later. Yeah. But with now that I'm doing this in tandem with Steve and he has a different source of uh-huh. reading material and reading lists, Steve has read more than I have over this past <laughs> week and
2: mm-hmm.
0: is. It, it, and the tables have turned, and he is waiting for me to read these insane issues uh, oh, yeah. that <laughs> that come along with Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. So uh, next week's
1: episode is going to be pretty wild, yeah. I think. Yeah. Getting back to some takeaways here. Some takeaways after reveal after Cersei revealed the secret of eternal resurrection. The Eternals are now hate- hated and feared by humanity, and Eros is like. Oh man, uh, this is crazy. And and Nightcrawler's like, yeah, you get used to it. <laughs> mm. And mutants have decided to share five percent of their resurrection time at like uh, resources with humanity. They operate. they open up the Phoenix Foundation and they make a priority to resurrect the sick, the vulnerable, the poor, the weak, the people who were ignored by. Society while they were alive, mm-hmm. really cool. Very,
0: very humanitarian. Interesting, and yeah. and the fact that having Jean as the face of it, and that she's still on the X Men roster, mm-hmm. which is the like public relations totally mutant team, is huge. On top of that, at the end of that reveal, we see that there is a public adoption of of Orcus. Yes, as, as a company,
1: Orcus won great PR from this.
0: Yeah, and and so that's why I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Because yeah. they only showed up in one scene, in one right. half page show in this entire story, and so there's there's crew clearly other <laughs> stuff going on
1: with Orcus yeah. here. We've got some all time banter between Cap and Tony regarding the fact that Cap failed his his judgment <laughs> and Tony passed. <laughs> And he's like, hold up. The the celestial the was based off of you, right? Is that why I failed? Yeah, well, Tony's like, this must be really hard for you. Having failed when I passed. And Steve's like, oh, please. It was based off of you. Uh, yeah, that's,
0: that's, oh, man. Just the aftermath is interesting.
1: And then, Cap meets up with Jada after texting her to to get that cup of uh, for another cup of coffee. She brought him one, and he's like, "I owe you a coffee." Mm-hmm. And they kind of deliver the kind of the the moral center of the the whole the whole storyline, you know, because they they were kind of brought to each other in desperate times. Jada is much more of a cynic, you know, who's trying her best and is happy to be won over. Whereas Steve is the eternal optimist. And he admits to her at the end, you know? Yeah, it's he has not, to acknowledge. It's not a good world, but you never know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a the light at <laughs> the end tunnel, I swear. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then and then Ajax delivers sort of the the other final the other side of that moral coin. message. Yeah. She is
0: eternally judging the earth yes. and one day, the actual judgment day the new judgment day will come every decision you make citizens of of the planet
1: adds to your judgment and and this is at this point and yeah judgment is ongoing act accordingly and this is at this point she's not talking to the humans of earth 616
2: right she's, she's talking, talking
1: yeah to the audience she's talking to the reader mm-hmm. and this is you know very clearly to me about climate change and COVID and all of the other situations in our modern apocalyptic life, where we have the responsibility to make a bunch of decisions about what we do and how we live our lives and how we interact with other people that don't just reflect on us. You know, Mm -hmm. we have to take responsibility for public health. For environmental sustainability, for all of these things that, and no, we can't, you know, accomplish these things through individual action, but we also can't absolve ourselves from individual responsibility towards a collective end. We have to consider ourselves and center ourselves as part of the world around us and think about the world around us and think about what impact our lives have and, and the impact of the decisions that we make. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's really
0: good. Like (laughs) how many times can you really say, can we compliment this and how many different words? Yeah. It's, it was a great crossover event. one of the better. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. One of the things that I think comes out of this is another run of uncanny Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have a unity squad, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, for listeners, AVX Avengers versus X Men. One of the main contentious points between, or contentions, contentions between Cyclops and and Scott, or <laughs> Cyclops and Cap, <laughs> is like, what have the Avengers or the world ever done for the mutants when we're getting, right. you know, openly massacred by, you know, Friends of friends of Humanity and all these other organizations. Yeah. And Cap is like, you know what? You're right. Like, let's make a unity squad and let's have an Avengers team that is half Avengers, half mutants. Yep. And just make you guys like the PR for yeah. uh, human-mutant relations. Um, yeah. Down the line, as that went on, IVX happened, which is inhumans versus Mm x-men uh because some bs of trying to make inhumans the new the new mutants right yeah (laughs) Um, let's let's not
1: let's not pretend like this happened for uh, the ivx happened for story reasons it happened for business and and marketing reasons and yeah and and, Uh, and movie and adaptation right reasons and then
0: after that the uncanny avengers added inhumans to the roster oh did they okay
1: yeah and so
0: there was inhumans avengers and mutants on that roster. A-
1: so axe what 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 can you spell if you add an i to that
0: axie <laughs> just like Sia? how do you, you
1: can <laughs> mix mix Sia? it around yeah <laughs>
0: uh, oh but yeah and so what i'm wondering about uncanny avengers on this next volume yeah are they going to add some eternals or try to add some eternals? Oh, interesting. To this team, yeah, I'd be curious. That'd be sweet. Um, but yeah, in in the, in the companion, we kind of see uh, there's there's a book there's an issue called uh, a, uh, AXE Omega, which is mm-hmm. there's so crossover events always have an alpha and an omega, and this this is uh, it's listed as Eve of Judgment and Omega, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alpha being like the events leading right up to the crossover and then Omega just being the expanded aftermath of do you want to,
1: do you want to try fitting in uh, Omega into into this and have one less issue to cover next week or sure. I think think there's,
0: I mean, for my takeaway on Omega, there's like
1: one sentence. (laughs) Cool. I didn't take notes on Omega. So (laughs) that's fine.
0: Uh, I mean, basically Omega Omega kind of looks at what the eternals are doing post-judgment day. So the the end result is that the Eternals basically broke up. Like the band broke up and yeah. everyone's going off and doing their own kinds of things. Icarus's plot point from Kieran Gillen's Eternals run has been when he died in the first volume, he killed the son and he keeps on going back to the parents and just like <laughs> apologizing for his role in their son's death. And so Omega has him... Going to that house once more, and both and both the mother and Icarus not knowing what to do next, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of and it and it ends <laughs> it ends with Icarus shaving his head and just going around trying to be helpful to yeah. people. So like he replaces a tire on somebody's car uh, in the rain and just like goes around trying tries to be a good person. Signed the mimitar, which is what you (laughs) referred to in the companion. She shows up in, so keep in mind, Sign is like a 120 foot tall, non-humanoid, fire
2: minotaur,
1: minotaur, horned head, no face thing. And And through companion issues, which we'll cover next week, she's been having this ongoing plot with this character named Sally, who is editing a a poetry journal or a, a zine, a poetry zine. And has been texting with with Sally, yeah. And then shows up and and in person and is like, "Hey, Sally, I like your poetry. Please do the zine." I really
0: hope you do that zine. And <laughs> yeah. and Sally's like, "Um, I know what you did." <laughs> she's <laughs> like, "You killed all those mutants. How dare you?" And she's like, "I know, and I'm gonna get locked away because I'm one of the hex. But if I ever get out, would I'm I'm gonna be writing poetry this entire time that I'm locked away. But when I get let out again." Can I show you or your descendants my poetry? <laughs> yeah. And Sally's like, okay, <laughs> and she's like, thanks. I'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> was good to be just your just friend, innocent. but briefly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, and it just makes this really innocent poet, mm-hmm. like artist, out of a a monster. <laughs> yeah, um, and that was really fun.
1: Cersei <laughs> can't da. be returned.
0: Cersei can't be returned for some reason, and they basically, the, a handful of Eternals go and meet with Ajax Celestia, and they're just like, what do we do now? And she's like, well, that's for you to decide. And, and then we get a, a dive into Ajax Celestia's versions of the principles.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: three principles being protect celestials, protect m- the machine, correct excess deviation. And then when the progenitor showed up, it's uh, it added in, you have 24 hours to justify yourself. And so that became the four core principles. And now Ajax, Ajax Celestia is the new progenitor. And so she twists how to interpret that the same way that Nightcrawler has been interpreting the like the commandments of the of the mutants. Right. Um and just like using it as like basis of how eternal should live their lives.
1: Yep. There's
0: a goodbye or just like a like woof that was crazy between <laughs> Thena and Crow, because about 20,000 years ago they were um they they were lovers. And Fastos shows up on Kirkoa and Wolverine's like the hell are you doing here? And he's like hey so in another issue on the companion, you're going to see why I'm hurting, and I have a message from the machine to Krakoa. Would you let me give it to him? Give yep. it to Krakoa. And so Wolverine takes Fastos over to Doug, and he's like, hey, there's this message. And Doug reads the message. He's like, oh, okay. So he gives it to Krakoa. And Logan's like, what did it say? And, said, and Fastos says, you know, it's complicated. Celestials arrived on Earth a million years ago. They transformed humans into eternals and deviants using them as templates. They also created the machine itself. They looked for an inspiration for a huge sentient system that runs through the very planet. And they mm-hmm. found a living island already here. They used it as the template for the machine. What did the message say? said, goodbye, mommy, daddy, self, other. <laughs> it's like, oh. <"Aw." laughs> Oh, that was cute. <laughs> and then we get little shots uh, across the world of different mm-hmm. Eternals trying to make the world a better place. And so yeah. save, saving people who are at gunpoint, saving someone who's about to get hit by a car, giving money to the poor. R- um, while
1: robbing robbing a wallet from a
0: rich guy. <laughs> yeah, Robin assume. Hooding basically <laughs> yeah. immediately. And it ends with Icarus, being Superman and looking down at the earth and just like wondering what to do next.
1: And we get one of the things that have, well, I don't, I don't want to one of the things that happened in the side stories is that like, like you mentioned, Festo's had to basically shut off this spectacular unique voice for the machine who, uh, who is earth and do a factory it's, reset on the yeah. machine. And since then, it's been you know cold, lacking personality, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the rest of the title. But then at the very end, it gives a little winky face emoji.
0: Yeah, and you're like, oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just uh, the, so Omega was really nice. It was a it was a yeah. really nice closing, and it also makes it so it's like, well, so Kieran Gillen's Eternals run, I guess, is over. Yeah. 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 Um, Because the Eternals are now spread out across the world, just kind of doing their own thing, which is super interesting. And I hope, I hope conceptually bleeds into the MCU. Mm. And and so like the Eternals. I could see that. Yeah. Now, like the same way that we saw Cersei became part of society, human society.
1: Yep. Like...
0: They are now just characters in the world that can be used as cameos (laughs) to like increase the presence of what the Eternals are in the world.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, so I hope that's what happens in the MCU. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was quite a a podcast, my friend.
0: That was quite a podcast. So much, just, oh man, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. What a crossover! I need I need to buy a second one. I need to I need to add it to my uh to my comic book giveaways. I think Uh, for those who don't know on the uh, who are listening to this pod on my Twitch, if we hit a whenever we hit a sub or a bit goal, I do a comic book giveaway, and it's about it's fifteen ish issues of a certain title. And I just, I give that away to one of the viewers, whoever is currently in chat. And chances are you could win because in other channels that do giveaways, they have like 50 to 100 people (laughs) jump, throw their name in on these giveaways. And I have like 10. So like (laughs) (laughs) solid chance you'll get like a double digit chance that you'll win some (laughs) free comics.
1: (laughs) And also I love this because like just not enough people read comics. It's true. It's such a great media. It's such a it's such a good way to enjoy story. Like, I texted I I texted you in the middle of this. uh, How happy I was that this was a comic because when something crazy happens, like Steve fucking Rogers, Shield first popping out of the (laughs) Krakoa resurrection egg,
2: you can stop.
1: You can (laughs) right, or or even if it happens in the middle of an issue, you can stop. You can think. You can reflect. You can react it's not mm-hmm. just bulldozing the next thing at you immediately. You get to right. take it at your own pace and you get to, uh, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> not a whole lot of visual media can. Um, Allows for that. Allow for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And like, I hate when
0: people do that, like in a movie or TV show. <laughs> uh-huh. Because, but, uh, but at that same time, like,
1: like if you're watching at home kind of, and, and, and somebody pauses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, though like that reveal for like captain america that impact is the last page of the issue right. you are more you are more than welcome to be like holy shit and just like right. stop yes and but then to your point also like everyone reads and consumes in their own way yep and for something that is can be universally consumed but individually interpreted Mm -hmm. so easily yeah comics are unique in that way absolutely but yeah so comic book giveaways they're amazing and more people need to do them yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so next next week we're going to do all of the comic book issues across the marvel title uh that that are involved in Judgment Day. So there's Avengers titles, yep. there's a Spider-Man issue, there's X-Men Red issues, there's um other Kokoa titles yeah. that are involved. There uh fall, Death of Death to the Mutants is a yes. side title strictly for Judgment Day. Yep. there's an Iron Fist issue, there's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. and we'll dive into all of that next week. And then the yep. week after that, we'll have a special guest to talk about their reaction to something that like. A judgment day premise. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be real interesting. I'm 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 excited for that. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Well, with All that, right.
1: wow, yeah. Uh
0: let's put the outro music like
1: here. And yeah, I fucking more We did on. it, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say. You
2: okay. as well. <laughs>